welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I'm your host, Casper. <clears throat> and I am your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you thing, here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Things and all the things. <laughs> uh, because Wednesdays are for podcasts. <laughs> you did it so much better than I did <laughs> earlier. Man, you know you're about to get some real information when that music drops. It's about to go down. <laughs> it's going down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are doing the Saw series, guys. It I'm is so here. excited. We are bringing it to you. I'm so excited. I I loved watching these movies. <clears throat> Again. I, I'm really glad that I did because like I was explaining before we even started this, I had Jigsaw next to my favorite Saw and now it's at the bottom. So... Clearly, I was like, we needed a refresher. <laughs> and apparently, I just altogether forgot I ever watched Jigsaw. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Bless you, dear. <laughs> Guys, allergies are real here in Ohio. We literally went from winter to summer, and the phlegm is all fucked. <laughs> the, the, the phlegm is fucked. The phlegm is fucked. <laughs> uh, I apparently, I remembered very minute things about six and i think jigsaw i just forgot altogether. so that was really strange. i didn't remember five and six at all six i didn't remember the ending at all i didn't remember it at all seven i it remember was... sean patrick flannery uh, <laughs> a lot but <laughs> okay connor mcmanus <laughs> did you forget what movie you were in for like half a second that was 20 years ago this is saucer um... <laughs> saucer saucer you are bobby not Connor. So you're saying that we saw all these movies? Oh, God. Shout out to <sighs> Don't Go Out There podcast for mentioning us uh, and this uh, episode that we were dropping this on Wednesday. You guys are awesome. Yeah, for I real. Really appreciated I, that. I love them so much. You, you guys, guys are like, have seriously turned into... You have stolen my... Oh. <laughs> that was all for you. That was all for you guys. <laughs> I am I am so glad I have discovered you guys. Now I admittedly have not gone back and listened to your early, early stuff, and I know that you guys are probably like us where you're like, please don't, because it's cringy. Um oh, yeah, I've, I actually listened to our first episode recently and I was like, oh, I was like, it's not, it doesn't even have the music and that's what makes it really fucking weird. It's too. like going back and looking at your yearbook pictures before you hit puberty and you're like, Ugh. what was that? What was that all of the, the fuck, fuck is that? <laughs> so you guys are, you, you, your podcast is amazing. It's dope. I, I love it. I love you guys. You guys crack me up. I if if some of you guys don't know, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, that I have a job where I heavily listen to podcasts a lot when I'm working because I'm out on the road. I have my earbuds in, always listening to podcasts, and I listen to usually a lot of comedy ones. But you know, sometimes that gets old, and a lot of horror. There were a few horror ones, and I am not going to mention names, but they started to get more mainstream, and they really. Eh, I just wasn't as in. Their content started to change. So when I discovered you guys, I was like, "Oh, great! Finally!" Like you guys. Big shout are, out to Horror Nights in Crystal. Oh because yeah, it's Crystal who introduced me to them. To you guys, yeah. So, so <clears throat> Horror Nights in. 
is up there with my favorite horror podcast. Yep. Don't go out there. You guys are definitely up there in my favorites. Yep. And a new one I want to give a shout out to that I've fallen in love with if you guys haven't listened to yet. And I'm sure they don't even need a plug. But um, is Scared to Death podcast. A husband and wife do it together. It's Dan and Lynn's Cummins. Dan Cummins <clears throat> is a very, very funny stand-up comic that has been around for the better part of 15 to 20 years, probably even longer. Um, I just discovered him about five years ago from another comedian's podcast, and he's fucking hilarious. But he recently did one that he was talking about. He had done Time Suck for a long time, and then he recently talked about doing this one with his wife, Lynn's. And Scared to Death podcast is absolutely incredible. Dan tells really scary stories. Some of them are true life. Sometimes he'll even do creepy pastas. They sold me when they did a Wendigo episode. Um, even if it was just a little minute bit about a Wendigo. And then Lens does uh, fan stories where listeners and viewers write in their creepy stories. And there's been ones about people with sleep paralysis. You're fine. fucked hard. It's fine. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, so, guys, like I said, Scared to Death podcast is incredible. They um, actually, they're on you, they drop midnight Tuesday nights. So, I don't catch them till Wednesdays. So if you guys want another podcast to listen to on Wednesdays besides us, listen to Scared to Death. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's You can listen. Guys, look. You can you can start off your morning with Scared to Death podcast and then round out your evening with us. So there you go. You've got your whole Wednesday planned out. It's whole perfection. Wednesday. It's total it's perfection. perfection. And Lynn says spoopy. And can we just talk spoopy. about people that say spoopy and know spoopy are special and amazing, and they're in my heart forever. You'll so. be in my I'm a why music, I am a radio Why tonight. did that song pop? <laughs> Come stop your crying, it'll be alright. Oh, that song. I can't, I can't with that song. Oh. If I actually sit and listen to the oh. lyrics, I cry every oh, time. I'm a, that, <laughs> I hear that whole fucking soundtrack, I'm a baby. I'm like, what is happening to me? God damn you, Disney. So, guys, we're just going to start off, uh, we're going to go through every movie. We're just going to read the quick IMDb, give the rating, and then we're going to go right into it. Uh, you know what's sad is that the first time I saw this movie... Uh, the first saw. The first saw. The, the, what's the guy's name in it that plays Gordon? Carrie Ellis. <laughs> I'm like, it's the guy from Twister. Everyone's from Twister. If, I, if I've Everyone's seen Twister... Because I've seen Twister first, like, as a child. So anybody from Twister is kind of like Orphan Black. They're from Orphan Black! They're from Twister! It's like, nothing else. Oh, I'm doing that now with Orphan Black, too. I do the same thing. <laughs> I just scream. <clears throat> like, when and that guy from Orphan Black that was in Game of Thrones, I was like, it's Cal! I was like, calm down, no one knows who Cal is. And me, I see him in Orphan Black, and I'm like, house on Haunting Hill, or Haunting of Hill House, and I don't want to talk about it! And then I see him on Haunting... I almost did it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hunting of Hill House. And I was like, oh my God, it's Cal and I can't remember his name in Game of Thrones, but still. <laughs> Dude, you're just on everything. It's always six degrees of something. It always <laughs> comes back to something. Now for me, as much as I, well, Casper already knows how much I fucking love Twister. But for me, again, age, uh, I was like, Princess Bride? Yeah, he is in that. Why are you in this? Like, it was a total, it was, because I had only seen... A few things between then and Unrealized now. Unrealized idea. Oh. Unrealized. Love it. Love it. 
he was he had to have been in he was in something else before Saw too. But yeah, oh, yeah, the first the first one. Um. Well, actually, yeah, we should just get into it. Honestly, two thousand and four. Yes. Um. <clears throat> IMDb at the time. I'm sure now. Probably some of these ratings. Did these happen? I'm assuming these probably happened at the time they came out. Um, so well, it, it shows right here out out of three hundred and sixty eight thousand one hundred. Oh, okay. So this has been there some are seven point six. It's a seven point six. I think it deserves to be a ten. Way but that's whatever. That. But <laughs> so uh, this pretty much explains the beginning of the movie. Um, two strangers who awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there soon discover their pawns in a deadly game perpetuated by a notorious serial killer. Now, I don't like that. Because as all of you know, if you're fans of the series as a whole, John never killed anybody. He put you (coughs) in scenarios where you could potentially die, but that was not the object of the game. He wanted wanted you to live because he wanted you to appreciate life. And... I think there was some fan fiction that had come out. There was a a lot of fan art that had come out later after this movie. And one of them, I don't know if it was fan art or if it was an actual comic strip that Lee Winnell and James Wan were involved in. But it had to do with a backstory about John that they, I think they later mentioned when the car accident. Yeah. They later mentioned the car accident, but... Before that, I, because I got deep into this fucking movie and I wanted to know everything about it because I was so fucked up at the end of it and had not seen anything like this. And I thought, thank fucking God, horror is back. I'm so, I still really haven't so seen anything like So happy. And it just was such a mind fuck of an ending. But when you looked into that fan art and you realized the deep meaning of why John was doing this, you loved John. There was no villain like that. You loved him. Like, was he really a villain? Was John ever really the villain? That was the whole thing about these series, this whole entire series that I loved so much is because for me, I never thought John was a villain. I never looked at him like ever. that. I never did. Not once. I loved when he was on screen. Because that was not him. That was never his agenda. Ever. And when you know why, he has a terminal illness. He's going to die of cancer. And he feels like everything's just been stripped away from him. So he tries to attempt suicide and he lives and he starts to encounter people where he's like, what are you doing? You have a family of people that love you. Like, why are you wasting your life away? So that, that more goes into Amanda though, with, when we get introduced to her character, who later we all know plays a really pivotal role in most of the remaining Saw movies. But, um, before you know, we, we go off, um, too far deep into yeah. the first movie, I do want to mention these movies are all based off of a short. I don't yes. know if you guys actually knew this. There is a I'm movie you on YouTube up. called Saw Point Five. Yeah. Um, and it looks like. From what I can find, probably the best one is from someone named Jig Game Over Saul. Yeah, if you want to watch it on um, It's almost about 10 minutes long, and it has... You'll see some familiar faces. Um, it's very much into, integrated into the first movie, actually. But it was created as a short film, 
and it won a fuck ton of awards. Yeah. And then they were like, we should do a full length film. And now there's eight. <laughs> but I just, I wanted to bring that up because I know not a lot of people knew that it was actually a short. See, I actually did. A, I a actually did know that because <clears throat> I was so heavy in the, yeah, you don't. Okay. 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 When you start to, because you don't get into Saw 4 until you really get into the backstory of John and the, you know, and it really gets deep into the whole thing. But yeah, I think too, is that when we get, because I swear it seems like it's been a while since I've seen that. Is that when we get uh, Billy for the first time? No, he's Billy in the, the first puppet. one. No, but I mean, is he in that, that shot, that Saw short? Oh, um, I haven't seen the short in a long time. Oh, yeah, I haven't I either. I don't think he's in it. Okay. I I don't think so. But I, I don't remember that for, for a certain... I don't remember that. So. Okay. I actually should watch that tonight. Yeah, because <laughs> I know a lot got, you know, wrapped around that, that character. Right. Um, which is a really influential character. I mean, when you see... He's an icon. When you see him on screen for the first time in that movie, you really don't know what to make of the whole thing. Well, the whole thing in itself is such a mind fuck. You know, yeah. these two guys are in this room and they're chained and there's a dead guy on the floor and you don't know what the fuck and what's happening. And then as the story goes on, you know, even though, and it's funny, shout out to Don't Go Out Their Podcast again, when you guys bring up certain things where it's like, you start to go into the other movies and you see why some of these people may have deserved to be in that situation. But you kind of start to wonder, like, was Adam, did Adam really Adam. deserve to be in that situation? Well, you know, some of the people were circumstantial because they were the lesson the other person was supposed to learn. You're exactly right. Yeah, that did. So <coughs> that's the thing that kind of sucked. That happened a lot because they, a lot of people were just circumstantial because they like were like they were had part to of be the a lesson. part of it to be a part of the lesson yeah within the game so and you know he was definitely going more after Gordon than he was Adam so because we end up finding out that Gordon is his doctor <coughs> excuse me yes. and was basically the one that refused to. He just so nonchalantly gave him a death sentence and was just kind of like, yeah, well, sorry. You know. Well, he was also cheating on his wife and, Just so many other things. Just so many other, even though we find out, you know, he was going to end it and yada, yada, yada. Um, Can we also talk about how terrible Zepp is in this movie? Ben from Lost. Which I feel like that was the general. He's just Ben from Lost. I can't unsee him as anything but that. I can't see him as anything with that. I'm just like, you're Ben from Lost. The only part of the movie that I even remotely liked him in, and because this was just unintentionally funny, especially even now, was like, I'm going to kill your husband now, Mrs. Gordon. I was like, what the fuck? You're like, okay. Like, that wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was such a break in the tension, because that movie was just high tension the whole fucking time. And I'm like, Please have something funny happen to break this Well, you know what's funny is actually, like, when I watched the movie for the first time, I remember thinking, 
this is way too brilliantly put together for it to be this dumb fuck. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no way that this man that is behind all of this. Me too. Yeah. But I never thought I that like, the man yeah. in the middle of the fucking floor was the one that was going to stand Girl. up. Girl. I think pretty much everybody is in agreement that when he... So it's after... Dr. Gordon saws his leg off, right? He's already yes. saw his leg it's, off. It's already done. Shit's already like, what the fuck is happening? Zep gets there. Uh, Adam kills him. Uh, smashes his head. He smashes his head smashes the toilet. The fuck out of his head. Uh, Gordon saws his leg off. We all he wants us to saw through. And so he crawls out of the room. That's a hard thing to watch, y'all. Like and I can handle a lot all of shit. Of that's a hard. sudden, guys, Adam's face. When John steps, stands up in the was middle mine. of the room. <laughs> and the music. Can we also talk about how not only when he stood up, the music, the way the music climaxed when it was telling you everything. And as he stood up, the music started climaxing. I was like, I, and you I start still get full body chills. how the whole thing is put together. Adam's role in it. Adam is not going to get out. He shocks that collar. And then the kicker. He slides that door and says, game over. And I don't think I've seen anything like this since where there was no roll credits music. It was dark roll credits. And you just, for what seemed like an eternity, hear Adam screaming for his life. Because you know he absolutely is going to die in there. Guys, I just, I sat there. Credits rolled, people left. I'm just like. What? I I didn't. I can even go as to say it is literally one of my favorite movies ever made. Like, like, I I need more. That's just not, it's not just horror. It's like. And it's like. All of this. Every single ending of Saw. You were always like, what the fuck? (laughs) And even though. The first one could be somewhat, eh, you know, and this is kind of iffy. The first one could be seen as the start of torture porn parts. I get it. <clears throat> but really, they real, you know, we obviously all know that after that is when they really started to get into the torture porn. But I was, I was still a fan. Oh, yeah. 100%. They, the original will always be the best because of the psychological aspect of it. <clears throat> but the torture scenes, the kills will... They were incredible. I mean, it was literally like... Some of those traps, I was like, the fuck? It was like... Again, shout out to Don't Go Out The Podcast. Sorry, guys. I know you're probably like, no, not sorry. Shout us out all you want. <laughs> um, when you guys did your seven episode oh my god and you compared some of the stuff in seven to saw traps i i'm so fucking glad you guys said that because i absolutely fucking to this day love seven and it holds up so amazingly it is still one of my favorite and i know some people well was it a horror wasn't i mean this is like it's more on the This is like apples aspect. and oranges shit. This is like people that want to say Silence of the Lambs isn't necessarily a horror when it really is. 
uh, you're splitting your it's apples and oranges at that point. But I'm so glad you guys said that because I fucking loved Seven. I fucking to this day love, <clears throat> love that movie so much. And you're right. If you saw that and then you saw the first Saw, there was there was so many similar elements in the way that the work the work that John Doe put into every single one of those things to meticulously match them to every single deadly sin is so similar into the way that John put so much I mean those the great thing about these movies is how bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger these fucking traps get they are insane yeah they're they're insane they are they're they're a work of art they are absolutely i would say i would say they I'm are kind of absolutely it's kind of like at the, of in art. jigsaw when the girl collects the the traps i'm like i kind of don't blame her they're they're so fascinating when you it could literally that looked like a museum that yeah, looked like an art gallery that looked like the opening of an art gallery of an art exhibit. It was amazing. I mean, you could easily have seen something like that in an art exhibit. Really, I mean, they really are. They are literally oh, yeah. a work of art. The time and the, you know, the work into it. So, so in the first one, you don't actually know anything about Amanda yet. No. Um, she's in. You it. are introduced to Amanda. You're yeah. introduced want, to her. I want you to talk about that because this is but, this now plays um, a role into this before we get into the second one. How we're so it does show how she was in the the. I kind of call it a bear trap because that's honestly what it looks it like a bear trap. But it's on your head and it rips open your mouth. Oh, she got out of it um, and lived and basically said like was talking to the cops and everything about how. You know, she got out and everything, and she seemed traumatized. So in the first one, you really have... She doesn't matter, honestly, much in the first one. You don't think she matters. And then in the second one, lo and behold, here's Amanda in the trap. Well, but wait, real quick, let's talk about it. Because Amanda was a drug addict. Yes. Amanda was a heroin addict. So Jigsaw... Wait. Just destroying everything. Jigsaw picked her. <laughs> Jigsaw picked her because he's like, you know, I want to show you that you need to appreciate your life and get off of these drugs. Right. So that's why he, you know, she had to cut a guy open to get the key out to get out of the bear trap. And when she was being questioned by the police, and you know, because there was always this thing, she's like, No, I'm, I'm glad he fixed me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad I went through this i'm i'm not angry i'm you know yeah of course she was traumatized but she's like i i learned like i needed this to happen and so you don't think that means anything until you um but it literally just segues right into saw 2 which came out the very next year which i was so happy about because i thought for fuck's sake you guys cannot leave us hanging the way you left us hanging on Saul. I was praying that that was going to turn into a franchise. That was one of those movies where I don't know how other people may feel about this, but I desperately wanted a sequel. I needed more. I needed more. Well, needed, you got more. I needed more Jigsaw. I needed to know more about John. I needed, I needed, there was as brilliant of a standalone movie as Saul was, it left, if you really loved it, it left so much open and you needed answers. So by 2005, 
Saw 2 with a 6.6 IMDb rating. That's out of over 200,000 people. Uh, a detective and his team must rescue eight people trapped in a factory by the twisted serial killer known as Jigsaw. This is where um, Donnie Wahlberg comes in. Yes, one of the eight <laughs> people is Amanda. Yes. Amanda finding out. And that's Which I do actually remember. remember when I first started watching it and I saw her, I was like... What yeah, the like fuck? wait a minute. Cause you like, get why is she here? And they do flashbacks. Yeah, they do. So then you tie into who she is. You don't tie into who she is until the end. It does not give anything away until well, the end. Well, no, 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 no. Not about the whole story with her and Jigsaw. I mean remembering her from the first one. Oh, yeah. When she yeah. appears in it. Right. You go, wait, is that the girl from the first one? But I was confused because I was like, is she already got out? What the fuck is she doing here? That was, that That's was why wild. I was confused. That, I didn't, I was like, wait, is that the girl? And then you go, oh, it is her. And then you go, well, but why is she back now? That's the whole confusing part. That's, yeah, you're like, that's, but she passed though. Like, I don't know any of these other people in she here, but why the fuck though. are you here? So <clears throat> all of the, these people, these eight people are trapped in this house. They've been poisoned. They've been poisoned. Um, Which actually, you know, if you go back and rewatch it, watch her. By the end of the movie, everybody's like coughing up blood and and everything, and she's fine. fine. You do start to notice that. I noticed that. Which I didn't notice till now. I know, I didn't either. (laughs) I mean, everybody, especially uh, the one like kind of mousy blonde girl that you just knew wasn't going to make it. Are you talking about the girl from 7th Heaven? Yeah, the girl from 7th Heaven. (laughs) When I see that. (laughs) I'm glad you said it, because every time I see that movie, I'm like the girl from 7th Heaven. (laughs) As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh my God, it's Lucy. Beverly Mitchell, I am so sorry, honey, but you will forever be the girl. You are Lucy from Seventh Heaven. You just are, sweetheart. You are. I'm I, so I pretty you. much knew she wasn't going to make it. Oh, yeah. I just knew she was. She, she was just so, seemed like a weak character. But you did real. The poison really started to take over everybody pretty quickly into the middle of the movie. And you really don't. There's so much going on that it really does take a second or third watching when you're like, why is Amanda okay? <laughs> right? Like Especially because, like, when she's helping him get away from that other guy, I'm like, you're awfully sp- sprite. Real quick, did we want to do this at the end, or when you do you want to go now? Like, what was your what was your favorite trap in the first one? Oh, we can do that before I forget. We can do that. The the bear trap. Amanda's, Amanda's trap in the first one. Would the be guy in the razor wire. Ooh. Because that made me think seven immediately. Oh, yeah. that That's yeah. why I loved that Don't Go Out There made that yep. comparison. Because that was the very first time that I immediately thought seven. That's very true. Yeah. That yep. was, oh, my God. And then <clears throat> the way they spliced the scenes being so fast. Oh, my God. They do that in all of them. And I'm like, Yeah, oh my but God. that scene where you just know, I'm like, oh, my God, all those right. <laughs> They're cutting them all. It's like little tiny paper cuts. I'm like, oh, my God, my little boobies. <laughs> it's like little tiny paper cuts. Oh, my God. Like, it just, that's my fucking, that is my favorite one. Yeah, that one was good. I think the thing that really traumatized me the most with Amanda's, though, is the fact that she had to basically gut that guy open. And he was, he was alive. Still alive to get that fucking Well, she thought he was out. dead. And then yes. when she started cutting and he was waking up, she was, she even was like, oh, my fucking God, he's alive. Yep, but I need this key. So, <laughs> like, yeah. I Amanda's mean, like, I listened to the rules. I did what I was told. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, by the second one. We, we know who Jigsaw is. Uh, we know his involvement. 
Um, so basically in the second one, they're all trying to get the antidote in the giant ass safe yeah. in the first room. And the combination ends up being on all the backs of That's their necks, the but they go through these traps where there's actually, um, c- needles full of the, the antidote and they have to yeah. do things to get to them. Um, oh, well the, we all, so we know, so where we know they always kind of do these flashbacks, love it or hate it. Saul became the, the perfect perfection of the flashbacks, which oh, yeah. I actually personally loved very much, but, uh, you get the intercut scenes where you do see Jigsaw, but you see him with these detectives and uh, was Dina Meyer in the first one? No, she was not. So we get introduced her in the second one. It's, it's, is it two or three? Because I know she dies in three. So it's two that we get introduced to her. No, 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 it's two. It is. It's two because I remember they didn't, they showed Amanda coming out at the very end. Right. Because that's who did it. So, yeah. Because, uh, so Dina Meyer and, uh, so Carrie and Rig, which are the two cops, the, the, one black cop that carries on from two to three more prevalent in four. Mm -hmm. So that's when we get introduced to them and they're partners with Donnie Wahlberg's character. Who's really centralized in this one, because we find out one of those eight victims on top of wanting them being Amanda is also Donnie Wahlberg's son and he gets tied into this game. This game is really his game. Because it centrals around he was basically a dirty cop. And uh, mm. these other eight people were, or these other people, seven people. Because did we ever find out? Oh, well, you find out Amanda's in on it. So she really didn't have a connection to him. Or was he, he one of the He was one of the ones that did it too because she said, is that really your dad? Okay. And she's the one who told him that he was the cop that did Cuz later you find out a pic you find a picture of the two of them which because- then again was she lying cuz yeah. she she also knew Who knows? she also knew so. but all these other people were all convicts that had had run-ins with this kid's dad and he had arrested them all and maybe on bullshit charges or planted things he's just a dirty cop he's a dirty cop all the way around so you lock these people, these convicts that he fucked over in with his son. You're like, oh my fucking God, like Jigsaw is really fucking with this guy. But he makes him, he's never learning his lesson because the whole time you're realizing like he was a pretty shitty dad. He was really neglectful of his kid, never paid attention to him. The kid would get in and out of trouble and he'd bail him out. But and John literally he wasn't said a good, to him, he wasn't a good dad. He really he, wasn't. And John just was like, you're not getting this. You're not doing this. You keep saying I'm doing this for my son and you're not. Because you're showing, you're showing it in your actions. Well, he even told him, he's like, where's my son? And John said, I want you to sit and have a talk with me. And if you sit here long enough, your son, you will see your son again. And he said, well, where is he? And he said, he's in a safe space. And I love the play on words with that. Because by this time, the whole game's fucking done. Yeah, we don't, you don't, so guys, <laughs> long story short, you don't find out till the very end that all of the recordings that the cops have been watching of the victims, of the son, of all these people in the game, that had already happened. That had already happened. Already they were done. already dead. They were already gone. And the son was already dead. See, if he would have set, the son was in the safe 
behind him or in that room with him the whole time. Yep. And if he would have sat down and talked to him and actually passed the game. When the timer went out, it would have opened. And he because was... he wouldn't have run out of oxygen. Because that was the whole thing. He the didn't kid die. Was gonna... Did the kid die? He didn't die. I swear I thought the kid Because remember died. at the end of the, when they opened it, he was still there and he was connected to oxygen. To so an he could oxygen breathe. tank so he could breathe. Yeah. So he didn't die. The kid was alive. But fucking Donnie. Donnie had... Wahlberg was already gone by then. Which is why that was where Amanda went. Yep. That's when you find out her involvement, because when he was going through his stupid shit, Amanda's like, all right, I got to take care of this guy. And then it wraps the story about how Amanda is now involved yes. and then throws her back in the first one because she helped him uh, rig the first one. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yep. And someone else did too, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, the second one was interesting. Only because you're kind of like, okay, wow. Like, first of all, introducing this character, his son, the whole thing. By the end, now you get Amanda and you're like, okay, well, he's been working with her this whole time. And then you get the introduction of a whole new set of characters. Because you have Dina Meyer as the cop, (coughs) Rig. Now you have Amanda's character, you have Donnie Wahlberg. These all come back later. So they all, this is when the series is really starting to ramp up because you're having to really start to invest in it because each and every one of these characters starts to come back at some point and really play a role in how the whole thing going back to the very beginning, full circle back to the beginning. Every every single fucking end of Saul, any of the movies all circles back to the beginning somehow. And it's, it's a, it's fucking brilliant. Honestly. Um, what was your favorite trap? It's a trap. See, I go back and forth because I know which one is mine because I can't hardly watch it. It's, it's one of the ones where I literally, I'm like, I cannot watch this. So it's the opening of the movie. And it's one of Jigsaw's traps. Now, this guy isn't one of the eight. This is a completely separate trap. And uh, I think it's funny, too, how it comes back where you find out how the eye got surgically. That was great. Oh, Don't you remember how you find one. out later how the eye got, how the fucking key got in there? Like, who did that? You're like, what the fuck? That was great. Because that single-handedly, yeah. Because I, I guys, that, look, yeah. no, look. So if, if you do I'm telling go back you guys and rewatch right these, now. I'm going to tell you, seriously, watch them all in a row. You have to. You like, have it, to. It makes, you you have a better appreciation yeah. for the series. You understand it a whole lot better. It ties everything in together perfectly. So yeah, it's that scene. Because guys, anything involved, okay, because I think I've mentioned this before. Anything involving like a nail break? Nope. Um, Black Swan. I, No. <laughs> That hangnail scene. Holy Jesus, my my hand hurts even talking about that. And anything that has to do with an eyeball. Mm -hmm. I can't... Guys, I I don't wear contacts for this reason. Like, I have... Well, big part of the reason is is because I have an odd-shaped eyeball that I was told by an ophthalmologist, so I have to have these specialty fucking contacts. And I'm like, fuck all that. Glasses are fine. I've been wearing it since I was nine. I'm good. (laughs) But, uh... Just anything. And they get that close up. Oof. And it's like right the fuck. I've seen so many horror. We're like in 
the knife will be like right by the eye. See, knives don't bother me by the eyes. It's pins. It's just, you're right, because it's sharper. Because like it's, it's tinier. Like if it's a needle. Needles. Like going needles down bother into the me. eye. If I it's can't. a knife, I can wash it. I'm You're fine. Right. But if needle. it's a fucking needle, it's a it's needle. Ho- I'm like, yeah. Mm. No, I can't. Or like a needle under I a... I can't. Yeah. A needle under no. a nail. Yeah, we can't. Oh! Ow, it hurts. <laughs> Why? Ow. But yeah, literally, that guy like in the... And you guys all know. And I'm like, he... Dude, don't. Like, I'm screaming. He like, don't do... He and he obviously didn't. Like, you... I mean, you want him to because you want the guy to live, but you're like, no, no, no. You're like, like, sure, do it. Because <laughs> they kept getting the close-up, and that's what was fucking with everybody, which was spot-on brilliant, by the way. So what's your other one? I think that's it. That's it? Oh, no, 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 I did have another one. When the chick thinks she found the antidote. That's mine. And that's she- mine. The fucking hand trap. Jesus. Oh my God. I can't even hardly talk about it. I can't even hardly watch that scene. <laughs> that was Becky Galloping. That was Becky Galloping. Um, but no, like I can hardly watch that. Like I'm literally so uncomfortable right now that I can hardly sit still. Like when she sticks her hands yeah, I up in that and then can't pull them out because of the Oh my god! I'm like, I please can't, stop. can't. Please stop. <laughs> I'm like, please stop doing that. Could you please stop doing that? And then she just fucks it all up because she's like, <laughs> and that guy just went in the and main got guy the and just and, got the number yeah. off of her neck and left. Like I knew that was. I knew I would have been like, coming. just please fucking kill me. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm. I can't. Also, that girl was in One Tree Hill. <laughs> Fun fact. Was she? Yes. So what's really funny is that I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, God damn, that girl looks familiar. So I look her up and she was in the episode of One Tree Hill that I watched in the morning. I was like, <laughs> we have Seventh Heaven and we have One Tree Hill. We have Guys, all these wholesome, beautiful. Always six degrees or something. <laughs> and part of it too, I think some people, which you've obviously seen this. How can I break away from wholesome horror movie? Or just anything that is so far from that world. That, that was my body. It pops. It <laughs> does that my sometimes. Body. But yeah, no, that, so that, that was yours. That was that was definitely mine. Fuck okay. that. So number three is a fucking masterpiece, oh my guys. God, guys. Okay though, so three, three, three. Oh my god. Three. Three is just about as up there as three one. Is like so I fucking. Oh my good. god! I love three, mostly because of how it ties. It literally makes it a complete trilogy. Mm-hmm. I love how much Amanda is in it because you actually get to see more of her character as a like of her as a character. Because in two you don't because she's faking a lot of it, but in three you get to see more of her, her relationship with John, how they are um, connected. You get introduced to... John's like a father figure almost yeah, to her. Yeah, he really is. Do you get introduced to Hoffman in three? Is Hoffman in three? <laughs> is he? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He is in three. And I think... It, it... He doesn't play a big role. No. So the, the first murder in three... Well... We should say really quick, out of 170,000, a little over, got a 6.2. 
a lot of these IMDb ratings I would give way higher for these earlier ones. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but it says here, and again, this came out in 2006, so they just kept him rolling. Uh, Jigsaw abducts a doctor in order to keep himself alive while he watches his new apprentice, which would be Amanda, put an unlucky citizen named Jeff through a brutal test. So you get introduced. There is a trap in the very beginning when the guy has all of the the rings through his body. Yes. And gets pulled apart. Um, that was Hoffman. Uh, I thought get, the trap at the beginning was Carrie's. Was it Dina Myers? Because... And that's where we get introduced yes. to... Because you don't find out until later that Amanda did that, but that's when you kind of start questioning it because you're like, there's no fucking way that she hoisted that woman by herself. Because John was dying at that point. <clears throat> but I know she died. Carrie dies in this one, which is Dina. Well, no, they, okay, they don't find Carrie's body until four. They don't. Carrie gets captured in three. But she dies and find three. out, And she dies in three. Right. But you don't put it together. Well, you know it's Amanda. Yeah. But it's not Amanda. Like, it is, but it isn't Amanda. Well, she's, you know it's Amanda only because she walks in and she, she goes, it's you, but yeah. Amanda's not the one that did it. Because did she actually come out of the shadows and she, she saw her? She came out of the her? shadows and saw her, So yeah. you see Amanda. You see and Amanda Carrie and you're like, okay, Amanda. well, Amanda did it. But then you find out later it wasn't. Okay, it. you're right. Yeah. So that, <clears throat> okay, so we do get the one in three where she breaks into her apartment and she's fucking with her. And then she kidnaps her. Because remember, she has the camp. She thinks she's watching the crime scene videos. Because yes. this whole time, because yeah. in three, by now, Donnie... Wahlberg's character is missing mm -hmm. and they don't know what happened to him. And so she's going over all the, all the tapes and she's in her apartment. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, pig face jumps out of the fucking right. closet and grabs her and puts her in the thing. And that's when you realize that right. it was Amanda that did it. Oh my God. And she was, just and she was <laughs> never going to get out of the fucking trap. No, anyway. she wasn't. So you knew that that would, because she actually knew that wasn't Jigsaw. Yeah. Cause there was no way in hell that Cause he was mad at her about that. He was mad he was at her. Very but angry he, it wasn't her just her that yeah. did it either. Well, we yeah, we Which you don't know now. that yet, but <laughs> but three so there is that and then you get into the one where the guy pulls the rings out. He's got mm -hmm. the rings and the chains and then you see Hoffman. Right. Yeah. That scene. Yeah. Bri briefly. Yeah, he's briefly not in it. Hoffman. He's not really a character much yet. Yeah, no, 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 no. You don't And I I actually liked how they kind of kept that on the back burner that you really weren't supposed to know who he was quite yet because he really it's like we needed Amanda through one through three and then Hoffman just nailed four five and six yeah like, <laughs> he made his place in four five and six because at some point you knew Amanda was gonna go so well, her this ending whole movie three was technically Amanda's test. Was Amanda's test. This whole movie. So I kind of, I think by the middle of three, realized that this was going to be it for Amanda. Especially when she opens that drawer and she finds that note and she's crying. And then you realize that was actually from Hoffman, not from him. Because the whole time I thought it was from him. I did too, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, 
this is playing out exactly the way I thought it was going to be. This yeah. th- Amanda, this is it for Amanda. This is it for her. She's reached her arc at this point. John because didn't want her to survive. The though, flashbacks the and thing. oh my god, because the flashbacks in this one were so amazing. How it went all Amanda went all the way back to the very first one. She was. She was there. It really so gave you much feels for them too, because she and why waited, he decided like she was dying and she was upset about it. Like you felt the connection between the two of them and and why he decided to bring her back in because right. her drug addiction was so much deeper than just the drug addiction, mm-hmm. which it always is. Because even though the drugs were gone, she was still she was a self harmer. She cut herself. There was still a lot of deep, deep trauma and guilt, maybe. <laughs> and then you find out where that guilt came from, and you're like, oh. "See, I'm telling you, these dude." Fucking when I, tight, I girl. forgot, I forgot, too. I forgot about that in I seven. Yeah. Oh my too. god, when they brought that back, yep. I was like, "I yeah." Because oh. at first I was like, "What the fuck is Amanda in this one for?" Yeah. I don't remember this at all, and then I was like. Oh shit! And then you have to go all the way back to. And then three. you understood why she cried at the note because Hoffman knew, and John didn't, and he was gonna tell him. And then you think, but then it really changes the aspect of three because you're like, all that guilt that she was feeling with the self harm and the cutting, that was coming from what she did to John. Hmm. Or her role that she felt like she played. You completely look at it completely different. Yeah. And then you get that note, and then you find out, and you're just like, oh my god. Oh my fuck. Like, the way god. that they fucking brought all of this together. You, like, you just, really feel, just... and it also <laughs> gave you a real soft spot for Amanda that you didn't really have at the end of the third one. I, I Hoffman a is spot. Hoffman's a way bigger fucker Hoffman's than, she, a dick. <laughs> than she ever was. Like, you know, you really understand You know, Amanda, Amanda I felt like, was just hurting... And it just wanted, you know, to fit in somewhere. And she felt like with John, she fit in. And I know for a certain fact that she was guilt. She felt guilt about what happened. And she wanted to do everything she could to be the best she could for John. And I mean, by the end of three, I loved Amanda. I was really sad that she died because I I was like, you know, he was rooting for her. He was really rooting for her. He really wanted... Of course, she was going a little bit off the deep end a little bit, but I think John would have been able to bring her back. And real quick, um, so the doctor that they captured that ultimately does the brain surgery on John. Can we talk about that brain surgery? I did not care for that scene. Well, how much I was just like when she's like, I need a saw, and Amanda's like hardly able to watch it. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm with her. I'm like, I'm like, I can't handle this. Okay, so me <laughs> now watching it after assisting, I've never assisted in procedures, but I've or surgeries, but I've assisted in procedures. Formerly working in the medical field, I watch it now. Going back and going, you ain't gonna wash your hands, <laughs> bitch. You didn't wash your hands. You disinfected all the equipment, but you didn't wash your motherfucking hand. That wasn't the first thing they told you about being a doctor is the way germs transfer. (laughs) Y'all, that's going through my head the whole fucking time in that scene. Like, bitch, wash your goddamn hand. Like, I couldn't even. It's like, she's not washing her hand. And people are, I'm I'm so glad nobody was watching that with me because they're like, Sophia, I don't think it, that's not. 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> it mattered to me. You're like, it's kind of like when you sit there and watch in a crime show and they don't touch something with the gloves and they're wearing, they're not wearing gloves. And I'm like, you motherfucking dumbass. My husband with guns in movies. Oh my God. I've done there's... that before. I'm like, that's not how you hold a gun. What the fuck? Oh no, it gets worse. If there's only supposed to be six bullets and there's oh. a seventh shot, that ruins the whole fucking rest of the movie for him. He will talk about that the whole rest of the he fucking movie. He can't watch movie. The Hunger Games then. He can't. Because Katniss is quivering. I'm like, that motherfucker. There's so, there's like a little thing in her quiver making arrows. Because in one scene in Catching Fire, I caught. Hearing Joe Rogan talk about. This is like hearing Joe Rogan talk about Daryl Dixon's crossbow and The Walking Dead and how much it fucking pisses. He just overanalyzes like they're not even real. Fu- and you're just like, guys, 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 guys. It's a movie. It's a TV show. It's fake. It's fake. It's all fake. <sighs> It didn't really bother me until that one scene in Catching Fire where she had no arrows. Because she reached back and there were no arrows. And then in like the next scene it was full. I was like who filled that? No, that didn't. No. No. (laughs) They just regenerated. No. They were just like what? Katniss. She never runs out of arrows. If someone is a weapons even a semi-weapons expert or gun expert, there's so many action movies you should just completely give up on watching. Because if you sit there and analyze it, it it's it's going to ruin the movie it for does. you. Because that's yeah. not the point. It so, didn't yeah. bother me that There bad. were only six bullets like... in that gun. How did he fire seven? I don't know. I don't know. They yelled cut know. and they reloaded. You're the, only, and... you're the only one paying attention to that. Nobody else is paying attention <laughs> to that. And he's like, and I'm like, no, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a... There's so many other women out there having this exact same conversation. What's actually really funny is that I never noticed it until my friend pointed out. She's like, you know, Katniss always seems to have arrows. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, no, you never noticed that. (laughs) I was like, I really never noticed noticed that that. the whole thing. And she always, well, that's the point. Because Katniss is supposed to win. And we know. (laughs) Come on. Spoiler alert. God. Don't Mm, worry. Look. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Mocking J Part Two came out like I don't y'all even know. Haven't like, seen, like literally, it's so been long it's been a while. It's been a while, guys. It has it's, been a it has been minute. a minute. Yeah. So we should say the guy. So Jeff, anyway, saw three. Because <laughs> I just wanted to quickly kind of tie in the the doctor and Jeff. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. Uh, you know what that's from, right? Wait, no. What? Twenty One Jump Street. They, Oh, my name is Jeff. I didn't see Twenty One. Oh my god, it's so funny. I uh, will at some point watch it. It's funny. I grew up with a TV show. Oh yeah. So it was kind of rough. No, I know. That's (laughs) why I'm gonna see it because I thought, okay, if Johnny Depp approved of it, then because I again, it was one of those. Why did you take something from the '80s I love and remake it? (laughs) Why did you take something I love and remake it? Why do, you, why do you keep doing that? Right, stop it. Which, stop it. Stop. Stop. Get and then money. I had to hear that spoiler and I was like, okay, well, Johnny Depp. I didn't him. know he was. So at the end of it, when he popped up, I was like, ah! <laughs> I had to hear that because I was like, okay. I screamed. Because I, you know, Channing Tatum. I'm sorry. He can't act. No. My name is Jeff. <laughs> no, I definitely need to see the fucking movie that I just, just for that part. Just My name is Jeff. that part. Um... <laughs> The doctor, so the doctor that performs the surgery and Jeff are actually married. She has been having an affair 
and their marriage fell apart after their son was murdered. Well, kind of murdered. There was a, a hit and run accident. He was on his bike. He died. So Jeff is, both of them are basically ruining their marriage and completely neglecting their other child because of the way that they are both so differently dealing with the death of their son. She is just completely given up altogether and is having an affair. And he is just, he just can't let it go. He's just angry and just doesn't care about anything except the grief of his son. So his test was being put, uh, in, in contact with all of the people that played a role and you know, the guy that basically hit his kid, the judge that got the guy off, like the whole thing. And then you realize literally at the very, very, very end, the connection between the two of them. Um, Cause you kind of think yeah. that she's married to the guy at the beginning. That she's, she's having she's the affair with. with. Cause the conversation yeah, right. they have is kind of yeah. weird, but then you get why. And you know, and then, and then, of course, Amanda antagonized. She saved him. She, she, you know, she should let her go. But we know why they had that argument. We know why it was all set up for Amanda to basically die because she shoots the woman. Jeff comes in, realizes that's his wife and the whole thing. So he shoots and kills Amanda. And uh, and then he has a chance to it. not kill Jigsaw and he does it. And then he leaves them a tape that says, I'm the only one that knows where your kid is. And of course, you know, the music starts and you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I gotta listen. Fuck. I gotta listen. Well, because you. So leading into four. Wait, what's your trap? Oh, yeah, we got to do the trap. Um, I already know what mine is on this one, because if I actually I watched this movie on a projector screen that my friend had. He had a sound bar, so every single noise was amplified. And it's my favorite trap, but it also made me so queasy. Okay, yeah. That at the, like, when I was watching it, being able to hear all of it, it made me so queasy I had to get up and leave the room. And I've never had to do that with any of these movies. I can watch them. I'm fine. This stupid trap Mm. that turns your body... Mm limbs just your arms till they break your legs till they break your neck till that wasn't even the one for me but it's the same premise it's the fucking sounds but yeah the hearing his bones crack and hearing like hearing that made me sick and i like i said i've never i can watch that even now like i watched it a few days ago there's something about sounds it's the sound yeah but actually hearing it as close like, it was so loud and hearing it. I actually had to get up and leave the room. I said, guys, I'm feeling sick. I can't handle this scene. So, and then it was it's really like funny that, because that I walked into the, the living dead. room. And then my friend comes up and she goes, I can't handle this either. She's like, I had to get right up with you. I couldn't handle that. Isn't that crazy, though, how a sound, you don't even have to have the visual of what happened. It's just the sound itself. The only time that has ever happened to me was that really pivotal scene in Terminus and The Walking Dead where you knew, you know, everybody's lined up. This is it. They're, and you're like, what the fuck is going out? What is happening? And that first guy, it was when they had him over the, the trough. Oh, yeah. And, yep. you know, we know, we know now they basically 
crack their skulls and then slit their throat and all that. But it wasn't even the visual of the throat. You know, any, any scene with the throat being slit is fucked up in itself. But that thud of that metal baseball bat to the back of his skull hit me in the pit of my stomach in a way that I actually thought I was going to vomit. Wow. Just from that. Just from that. I was like, okay, okay. I have to get up. <laughs> and I was like a watch party. There were like people and they were like, what? What? I was like, I'm going to puke. Well, it was just like- when And we the were blood watching. hadn't even come yet. There was no blood. <laughs> like the throat nothing. slit scene hadn't even happened yet. I gave two fucks about that. That I said- Something about how realistic that sound was yeah. just instantly made me so fucking nauseous. It made me so And we so had pizza the night we nauseous. watched that, too. That's why I was like, ooh. So I get it. Hearing a bone, I mean, if, any, if anybody's even broken a bone and you know what the sound is like. Hearing bones crack is fine. It was the way it was. It was the way it was being done. Because it just kept that. cracking. Because it just kept that. turning. And it just, oh, God. And I was you like, knew Whoa. the guy was going to die. Like, that was it. So for me, same premise because of the sounds. But it was a different kill. It was the uh, judge. What? Yeah. He didn't die, though. Oh, wait, are you talking about when he trap. was shot? But you're, or are you talking no, about the pig trap? I have to say trap. Because I know the guy didn't die. But that trap. That was nasty. I can't even imagine. That's the smell. I'm just sitting there going, the smell. Because I'm because the sounds were enough. And then I started imagining the smell and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't. I literally So I know the guy didn't die, but that was an that was an amazing trap. Oh yeah. Because that just fucked with me <laughs> so bad. Cause they just kept coming and I was like, oh my god. Well, when he wasn't deciding and then they just wouldn't stop. I was like, and they yeah, exactly. And I was like, dude, you have to really actually want to save someone's life to get into that shit. Like, oh my God. And I'm like, I watched these films and I'm like, how is no one getting sick? How is no one fucking barfing everywhere? No, I'm like, I, I would have walked just, into the room and barfed oh all over God, the fucking place. It was place. so fucking <laughs> disgusting. It was so gross. So going into the fourth one. um. This is kind of crazy. So before I read the IMDb thing, I wanted to point out really quickly that the thing that got me, so at the very beginning of Saw 4, <clears throat> I didn't realize until going back and watching Saw 3 again that there is that little part in Saw 3 where you do see John with the candle pouring candle wax over something. He does that. Oh, he does? In the third, he does that in the third one. Oh, wow. There is a part in the third one where you see him pouring the candle wax. So that's why when they do the autopsy and they open his gut and you find the tape with the candle wax, I was like, okay. Brilliant. You miss it. It's so quick. It's when, it's a quick cut scene. And I think it's around the time when Amanda and that doctor have the thing like, well, if you're going to take an ax here, you know, cause she's. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it was a real quick and you're like, what's he doing? <laughs> and then you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He's on X games. Mode. I, okay. 
All right. So also, am I the only one who thinks that the guy that plays Strom looks like Hoffman? They look like they could be brothers. They definitely look like they I could don't be brothers. know why that was because when I first watched those ever... movies, I got them confused. I didn't ne- not now. I didn't. But I actually, I'm saying when I first it watched really them, didn't dawn on me until rewatching them how much they looked alike. To be honest with you. How much I was like, wow, they could actually be brothers. (laughs) Right? Like, that's weird. So, Four's synopsis, it came out in 2007, 5.9 on IMDb. It's a trap! And despite Jigsaw's death, and in order to save the lives of two of his colleagues, Lieutenant Rigg is forced to take part in a new game, which promises to test him to the limit. So, like I said, we get the opening of Saw 4 with John's autopsy. So we know John is officially dead now. He has died. And we are re But it doesn't mean he's not in the movies because he's in all the movies. Doesn't mean this is when we like really get introduced to Hoffman. Mm -hmm. So, again, there's the tape in his stomach, the candle wax. We listen to it and you're like. It was for Hoffman, right? Whoa. Did he? play it did they play it in the beginning or at the end both because what they happened was both. is that yeah. when they played it at the beginning it was technically the end yeah the, the whole movie is a kind of a flashback you realize it till but you don't know yeah. that until the end you don't know that yet <laughs> i go into every saw like i it, have no idea what's happening yeah i fuck fuck me all the way up so i was like wait what <laughs> huh yeah so it plays the bitch you guessed and then so it opens up to that and then we have now found Dina Meyer's body. Yes. And now they're like, uh, Amanda was like really small and there's no way she could have lifted this lady by herself. Yeah. And then they're like, there's another accomplice. Because now we're introduced to Strom and his partner and they work, they're FBI agents and they are highly suspicious of Hoffman. They don't need to be highly suspicious of him. He is acting sketch as hell. Can we talk about how sketchy <laughs> he just keeps he pushing is. it off and pushing it off? How the sketch he gets sketchier and sketchier in every fucking movie. Until like, he fucking snapped and just started he, killing like, everybody. You know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm out. I'm done. He's like, everybody knows this. I'm, I'm just, everybody knows. I'm <laughs> just gonna kill all of you. I am so done with Man, this is all it. of this. But so Strom, like, and Hoffman, Ho- Strom and his partner are pretty damn, they've, they've pretty well got it. And I think, okay, so where we get Rig at is, if everybody remembered, uh, he was one of Donnie Wahlberg's partners. And he has been plagued, again, Donnie Wahlberg's still missing. They find out what happened with Dina. They're like, okay, what what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is happening? Like they all pretty much think that he's Donnie Wahlberg is going to be dead. Yeah, because and it's then been Rig, so long. So Rig, Rig has to say now him. he's now he is in a game. So, but then you see, so then you get you see Rig, he's in the game. Then Hoffman, because how does it play out? Well, first it's the lawyer. And then we find out who the lawyer is. We see a man in a trap, has his mouth sewn shut. Another guy has his eyes sewn shut. The guy with the mouth sewn shut beats the guy, cuts his mouth. And you find out later that that is actually Jigsaw's lawyer who screwed him over. 
and he makes him a part of the test. So and then the him whole room, thing too is that he Rig is going to save Matthews. Yes. Who was Rig? Eric to, Matthews. Yeah. To, I was like Eric Matthews. I'm sorry, I went to Boy, Boy Meets World. World. I know. <laughs> I knew like, you were Eric going Matthews. to. I was like, not that Eric Matthews. <laughs> um, so he's rigged to a thing where he's standing on an ice block. Yes. And he's basically hanging, but he's yep. not hung because of the ice block. And then Hoffman is to the right, bound to this chair where the ice is melting, and he's connected to electrical things. So if the ice melts... Then he's gonna die he's being electrocuted. He's going to be electrocuted. So right. at this point, you don't even fucking know Hoffman's involved, even though he's acting sketch. <laughs> well, and two, is this the one where? Okay, this is not. This is not the one where you find out. Has he killed? No, that's later on. Where you find out Hoffman killed. His sister's boyfriend. That's five. And that's when it really starts getting sketchy. I'm yeah. like, dude, the fuck? You, like, really put yourself out there a lot. Because I'm trying to think where... Where Hoffman... He reveals himself at the end of four. Because I mean, you know, how does he... I'm trying to... The only part that I'm getting mixed up in is how does he get captured and put in the trap? Because we don't, we obviously don't find out Hoffman's involved until the very end. But I'm trying to remember ultimately, did they ever touch on that? How he ended up in the trap with Matt? I think the, and the lawyer, lawyer did it. The lawyer did do it. The lawyer did it. The lawyer did do it because the lawyer didn't know that Hoffman was in on it. No, because he he, he didn't know. He wasn't like no one knew. No one knew. You're right. It was the lawyer until like he fucking because the lawyer up. was in a test. Because basically everybody was in a test. The lawyer was in a test. The Build biggest up. one, though, was Rig, because he was like, you can't you can't save everybody. Yes. So basically, they were like, you had to learn to save himself, because if he didn't bust through that door, Matthews wouldn't have been killed. He would have saved him. And he would have saved him well, if because he hadn't done it. That all played into him. They warned him when they got to Dina Meyer's crime scene. You can't just bust through the door to try to save everybody because he right. saw it on the camera and they were like, no, 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 no. You don't go into a room like that and you don't mm-hmm. have it fucking covered. And you, know, I mean, that's like Cop 101. You just know not right. to fucking don't do, that. do that. And he did it anyway. <clears throat> and that was his lesson. And he fucking went ahead and did it. And then look what, ha- look what happened. And then like that was the moment where Hoffman got up. Yes. Because you thought he was going to be electrocuted and he just stood up and we were like, oh my God. It's him. <laughs> so they find that this is also when we become introduced to Jill, John's ex-wife. Okay. Do, do, does anyone else have a soft spot for Jill? Cause Guys, Jill. I really like Jill. Oh my God. I really like Jill. She deserved Jill better. Lot, and I felt so oh my God, the, awful how for she her. Died. God. She, she really deserved better. She deserved better. And fuck Hoffman. Sincerely, I, like, I, don't, I have deserved better. Because we, so we find out ultimately that Jill had been working with John. Jill and John. Uh, on property developments so now that starts to play into like well how the fuck is this guy getting all these abandoned buildings and nobody knows how See, to find this these is people? what i love about saw every question 
is answered is answered at some point. It at starts some to be point in answered. the series. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's why. And then, okay, I got it. Um, and then, of course, we find out that Jill was working at a drug rehab when it was robbed. And uh, their son, unfortunately, was didn't make it. She was That pregnant. guy's name was Cecil. Yes, it was. Because he... He was a little bit of a crazy ass. Comes back. Well, John slowly starts to kind of lose it. And I think it really just... Cecil was his first victim. Just fell out. victim. Now, did that come into play in four? I think it did. Okay. I think it did. Because it really didn't... But that wasn't... What really came into play was after he found out he had cancer. Mm -hmm. He got sick and it just got worse. Because Jill started to notice, like, after Gideon died... I think he he, did it to Cecil because he was mad about the fact that... Oh, because he was mad about his his son. son. But then it really started to change when John Mm -hmm. got sick. It just... Right. Got more Cherish your life. That was his motto. And so the lawyer... (laughs) What's Art... Love it. His lawyer art was the one. Uh, he. Oh my gosh, what was it? Oh, okay. Art well, he, basically was trying to talk John out of what he was doing. Yeah. Like Jill was concerned for him, and Art came and he was like, no. And so that's how he right. came to be a part of all the traps. Like, you know, you really weren't trying to help me and be a friend to me. Like, I, I know what your, what your intentions were all along. So Rig dies. They all, you know, obviously he doesn't save Hoffman. He fucks all that up. Also, just the, because this comes into play later, the woman who's the agent from the FBI supposedly gets killed. Supposedly. So, (laughs) when... So, Strom's kind of on his own at that point, which is important in five. Because they came in together, she supposedly got killed, and he's pretty much all yeah, about five. Strom and them find a trap in the midst of really trying to investigate and put the whole thing together and realize uh, if Jill's playing a role in this, who the lawyer is, the whole thing. Then they find the Billy Puppet, it shoots the mm-hmm. things into her face, and you think, she's dead that she's in a coma so then that's when strom you know continues and then he's actually able to the gideon meet so one of john's buildings he names after gideon and that's how strom is able to figure the whole thing out which is really cool because at the end of four because that's where you get at the end of four strom is at the scene of three three. and that's when you realize that four was so the very beginning of four was actually the end mm-hmm. is how it happened yep that's how you realize it happened yep yeah because everything that had happened with with rig and hoffman and matthews had already happened and hoffman was getting his message from jigsaw at that point yeah jeff is still mm-hmm. in the room he's killed john and amanda because hoffman goes back because yeah, strom had to where to kill strom jeff. is yes. and that's where five starts that's exactly it strom <clears throat> kills jeff 
Like, literally, just talking about the way that these motherfucking movies It flow. fucks you up so much because you're just like, <laughs> I don't... Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, what in the I fuck is happening? I don't understand, bitch. don't understand. <laughs> so then we get back to the whole thing with Rig and all of that. Now Rig's dead. Art's dead. Eric is dead. The whole thing. So when Everybody's you, dead. When Hoffman gets up and you realize that he was never actually hooked up to any of it, you're like, okay, well, there we go. We fucking got it. He leaves. He finds Strom, just like he planned it. And then uh, he leaves Strom in the room. The scene cuts to him at the morgue at the very beginning of the movie. Yep. Because the way it plays into Because remember the five. The three, the room in three, which is also the room at the end of four, has that cutout. That, um, what's his name goes through? Hoffman goes through. <clears throat> Cut out. Remember when there's like a hole, it looks like a door. Okay. And that's where Hoffman goes to get out of the building. I know what you're talking about. Like yeah. the little passageway yeah. thing. A secret basically, thing. A little secret yeah. passageway thing, basically. So, again, like you said, that just, that basically takes you right into Saw 5, mm-hmm. which... You see Hoffman. Did Hoffman rescue Jeff's little girl then? I think that's Rain. Is that Rain? What the fuck is that? Sorry, guys. It's supposed to rain. That's why I was like, is it (laughs) It rain? It sounds like scratching noises. Hold on. It might be another stupid stink bug. Yeah, because there's nothing in the area. It's a stupid bug. Sorry, guys. Um, Um, (laughs) So five... Hoffman rescues the little girl, right? He does. Okay. Because remember, he wants to be viewed as a hero. So that one guy's little girl, he he does he does bring her out. God. So by five, the way Hoffman starts to play out. But wait, what's your favorite four trap? I already I know mine. I'll say mine. So yeah, mine is when Rig is at that nasty ass hotel. And the big fucking dude gets fucking justice. Because he's a fucking rapist. Fuck and he beats women. Guy. And he just got all of his limbs ripped off. And it was... And oh my god. I just... That was great. It's not the trap I loved. Literally fuck <laughs> It's <that> justice. <laughs> I was like, fuck, fuck you, guy. dude. You're right. And again, I got real hardcore seven vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got real hardcore seven vibes in that scene. Yeah. My favorite trap would have been the thing that killed Eric. The ice. See, I agree. Yeah, because my favorite head. That was awesome. The the trap and the revenge and the kill by far. That fat fucker was amazing. Oh yeah. Fuck that guy. (laughs) But the kill with. Matthews was definitely that oh was my god crazy. those two fucking ice blocks smashing <laughs> his head like oh my god that was just when you're not like ready for that to happen and you're like oh my fucking god that was amazing <laughs> I wasn't ready for that at all because I didn't I didn't know how to call the ending especially the first time around that I saw it oh yeah you have to watch these movies at least twice well and I feel like I learned a whole newfound appreciation for the movies oh, watching they, them oh, again yeah. Because and especially watching them all so close together, I'm telling you, that really did something. 
It really changes it. It turned my head from thinking that they were, I think I went through a while of being so true to the original one that I ignored for a while how they really all tied them together. And I did admittedly start to see some of them as torture porn because they weren't as psychological as the first one, but they kind of were. I mean, if you go back and watch them now, I think it's because I didn't have a full grasp of Saw, (coughs) bless you, a full grasp of the real story of Saw until I really sat down and watched them all together. You have to watch them all together. Because I was like, this isn't torture porn. There is a plot that literally goes from one to seven and it just, it's a circle. It's just a giant ass circle. And it's incredible the way they do it. There's absolutely incredible behind it. So by five, uh, this was in 2008. With a 5.8 IMDb rating. Following Jigsaw's grisly demise, Mark Hoffman is now committed as a hero, but Agent Strom is suspicious and delves into Hoffman's past. Meanwhile, another group of people are put through a series of gruesome tests. So now, you have to help oh, yeah, me. Oh, this is that one with the group of people with that one hot girl. Okay. Julie Benz. <laughs> Whatever her name is. Hot as fuck. Hot <laughs> AF. Uh, Can we just talk about their selection of women in some of these films? Because, thank you. They pretty well nail it. Amanda in three. Even, Jill, her hair, even Jill is kind of hot. Yeah. I mean, Amanda's hot, but her hair in two is a little bit too much. Her hair in two was struggling. <laughs> her hair in two is, what's his name? Uh, is Bobby. What's his name in H2O? In Halloween oh H2O. My God, it's fucking Josh Hartnett's cowlick. Yes. It's all in the back of her head, it's though. It's struggling so hard. <laughs> and then by three, she discovered a flat iron, and we were so happy. Because, <laughs> like, girl. By three, Amanda discovered a flat iron, and everyone cheered. Like, we needed you to do that. Your hair. You honey. needed to handle that you hair. You are a beautiful woman, but that hair needed some help. Like, I mean, you can focus on everything and everyone else, but, like, we need to talk about that fucking hair. Like, Who's your favorite character in number two? Amanda's hair. Amanda's hair. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and, then, and then um, then you've got this chick. What's her name again? I literally cannot remember this chick's name from five. Julie Benz. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember her because she was in... The sequel to Boondock Saints. She was oh really God, she fucking was. great in that movie. I forgot about that. It's so that. underrated. And I know a lot I've of only people hated it. it times, but yeah. I love Boondock Saints, so it put a good end on it for me. Um, 87% of the people liked the movie, but only 13%. You can tell these movies are. Is that the Rotten, Tom- Rotten Tomatoes? You can okay. tell these movies are very um, audience driven. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. They, well, yeah. They are. I Which mean, they, they should be. They always have been, and that's why it was so important for us to do a podcast about the series, because this was a very fan-driven series from the start, and for good reason, especially going back and watching them oh, yeah. now, because it's a really amazing series. And it's an amazing series because you have to watch them all in order. A lot of series you can watch out of order, and it doesn't really matter. Some movies don't tie directly into each other this one you have to you have to watch you them have in order. to you, you have, have to watch to. all of them in order um especially by five because fuck hoffman like this fucking 
narcissistic piece of shit. Can I just say, though, that in real life, he is one of the kindest, most quiet. I met him, guys. Can we also talk about the huge crush I used to have? (laughs) He's cute. Girl, he's Like, meeting him in real life, it's Greek. It's It's the Greek thing. It's John Stamos all over again. Greek men, George Michael, this guy, John Stamos. I don't know what the fuck is happening. He's aged very well. He's aged. He smelled. He also smelled very nice. He's just His so... brother is also an actor <clears throat> that I found out. He is so quiet. He like barely spoke to me. And it wasn't like rude. I didn't have a rude. He did not have a rude, arrogant aura about him. He was just quiet. And they actually, um, Shawnee Smith was at Whorehound last year. And my friends met her and I was jealous as fuck because I've met Tobin Bell and Coast. Costas Mandalore. Mandalore. So I was like, fuck, I want to meet Shawnee Smith too. But um, I didn't get a chance to go. But anyway, they said that she's like that. Very, very nice, but very quiet. And I was like, he just, he was so kind. He just signed it and he was just quiet. He's like, are we going to do a picture? And I was like, yeah, can we get a picture? And he said, sure. Every. And he just one arm hugged me and he was like, it was very nice to meet you. And I was like, I feel like I have so much to talk to you about, but you're so quiet. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> you this is where you forget that they're just normal people and that this is just a character they played and that what i have found is some of the most gentle soft-spoken people in real life play some of the most crazy psycho fucked up characters and they play it brilliantly, brilliantly. well because you know somewhere deep inside that is in them somewhere for them to be able to dig it out and play that character. Cause I felt the exact same way with Bill Mosley. You see house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects and Otis is, excuse me. <laughs> and then you meet Bill Mosley. And I was like, okay, so this was like meeting my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. He had a little hat on. He made a dad joke. It was, in, it was incredible. I mean, I, gained a whole newfound respect for him oh yeah like I, when like, i watch these movies i'm like fuck hoffman but i fucking love i love Costas. like Costas, you're Costas amazing, is amazing he's a like, sweetheart fuck hoffman but fuck hoffman yeah it really hits it in five because you realize how narcissistic he is and that he is nothing like jigsaw and that all of these traps are for him they're just for him he doesn't want to carry on John's legacy, like it he's should be. He's kind of just seeking out revenge. He just wants to just seek out revenge. And... Well, this is when you get the tie-in that one of the traps was set up, which is actually one of, I know we're jumping the gun here, but this one is my favorite trap in Kill because it instantly, I mean, I was like, oh my God, fucking Edgar Allan Poe. This is incredible. This is the fucking pit and the pendulum. Oh, This is the fucking yeah. pit and the pendulum. Like, this is amazing. I mean, I was instantaneously, guys, I have a fucking raven tattoo, like Edgar Allan Poe. Like, <laughs> I fucking love Edgar Allan Poe. So that, but then you find out that that was the guy, that was the ex-boyfriend who murdered Hoffman's sister. Which is funny because he kept pushing it off. And, and, he, and like, he was able to he, blame it on Strong. Like, dude, and come I was like, the fuck He has the most motive for that. To do this. And he's so sketch right now. <laughs> like, dude, come on. And then the main... So it's essentially Strom's boss that starts to really put a lot of it, that starts to put 
most of it together. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of took over the investigation at this point. And then you discover that Strom's partner is still alive. Because uh, by this time, is Strom? He's alive. Alive. Because during this whole movie, while the people are going through their test, Strom is going through a test. Strom is going through a test. His head is locked in a, a box a fish of tank, yeah. fish tank of water. And he has to give himself a tracheostomy. To be able to breathe. It makes me think of the heat. God, it was so Oh my god, there's so much blood! (laughs) Oh my god, those things are... He was not supposed to live through that, No, he wasn't. So that... That's why when Hoffman saw him alive, he was like, the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so much fucked Hoffman up because he he found out that Strom was still alive. And then he found out that Strom's partner was still alive. And then that wasn't until seven. that was well. She says Hoffman's name. I'm sorry. You Strom knows she's alive, but Hoffman right. doesn't know she's right. alive. Right, right, right. Hoffman doesn't know yet that she's alive. Right, that's what it is. And then we have the five people that are in their additional trap. But now, how do they link? back to the story do we find it was out a building that was set on fire it was a building that was set on fire on purpose and because it was all uh the, it was all an arson thing but, but why? because the people that owned the building so it was a building that was getting ready to basically be gentrified and they were wanting to get these poor people out, but they weren't getting out anyway. Mm-hmm. So this arsonist sets this fire that kills these poor people, but the whole thing right. gets covered up because the people that wanted to buy the building and gentrified it paid off the arsonist. And you know, and then there's the the guy, the uh that's the gossip mag that right. was getting ready to blow the whole thing up. He had been investigating it and finding out what had actually happened. Because only two of them, that's what was so fucked up, the ending of that trap, is that you find out that they were actually all supposed to live at the end. Because the final trap is the blood that they have to give. And there's and only it was two only, of them left. Right, and they had to give five each when they oh could have just given two each. God. And you don't realize that. All along, when you start to piece together how each one of the traps went, that they were really supposed to all work together, and they didn't. Well, it said, you've said at the beginning, go do the opposite thing of what you think you should do. But yeah, no, they did not. So, um, goodness gracious. I, I swear it gets to a point where sometimes these movies just all, they become one. One really long film. <laughs> exactly. So it's, this is when we get revealed in flashbacks, basically, that, uh, Hoffman was abducted by John and he blackmailed Hoffman into working with him because he found out that when Hoffman killed the guy that killed his sister, he used that to set Jigsaw up. And Jigsaw was like, uh, yeah, I don't fucking think so. So one of the games was Hoffman. Oh yeah. Hoffman planning Lawrence Gordon's pin light. And providing the police files for the nerve gas house victims. So yeah, this is this is when they start to basically tie Hoffman in to the other movies. 
Which was well, really Am- fucking something, crazy. Something Amanda pointed out too was she's like, "You're gonna have a test. When is your test?" Or something like that. Yeah, he's like, like I don't need one. Yeah, he looked her right in the face, like I don't need a test, and it's like it is kind of unfair because Amanda had two. <laughs> Amanda had one smaller test and one really big ass test that cost her her life, and then here's this dickhead who didn't. <laughs> but his was coming. So the whole time. Strom is the whole time that Hoffman is actively trying to frame Strom. Uh, Strom is really putting all of the things together to really learning about Hoffman being more in, involved with this. Um, he pretty much at the end finds it, figures it out. He figures out it's it's Hoffman, which is funny because Hoffman gave him. The opportunity to live. He did. He said, if you stay in this box, like, not him himself, but the, the tape recording said, like, get into this box. And he didn't listen, and he pushed Hoffman in the box. So he finds... Okay, so where it happens, though, before the box, is when the final two victims, when the main... His name was Erickson, mm-hmm. was the guy that took over the case. Uh, When he finds the last two victims and finds all this stuff planted by Strom, by Hoffman. He puts out this APB to find Strom because at the end of the test, Hoffman has left a burner phone. I mean, he's left all of this evidence that just completely implicates Strom like in, in, uh, I think even in Eric Matthews, I mean, like in all of them. Yeah, like he he pretty much got Strom on all of them from all the way. He's back. He's like Strom the is the other accomplice, pretty much. He got he got that to. So Strom follows Hoffman. Okay, so this is the room that Hoffman takes him to is actually back all the way. It's the house from Saw Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes him. He follows him because all the way the back to there. Because the house of Saul Two is the basement. Is the basement of Saul One? Is the basement of Saul One? Yeah. yeah. So he ties it all in together, and you're right. That's when there's the the glass full of the box full of broken glass, and Strom doesn't get in it, and you're like, yeah, but you didn't fucking get the point of how he threw Hoffman, and Hoffman's like, all right, <laughs> he's like, that's fine. I live when that fucking oh my god! I was when that box up. lowered and that fucking the walls start. I was like, I looked at BB and I was like, BB, he got smushed. Oh my god! He got smushed. God, he got super I actually smushed. remembered that scene, but I didn't remember how it all tied in together like until I watched it again, and I was like, that's why. That's why Strom died. He yeah. said him. His anger got the best of him at the very end, and strong. And as soon as he pushed Hoffman in that box, Hoffman too, I got, was like, "You, he, he literally told you what to do to live." Hoffman got exactly what he wanted. God, he Lord. got exactly what he wanted. Shit, jerk, dick, fucker. So yeah, definitely the way the the pendulum, the way that it sliced him, that that was it. For me, that was that was by far my because it just like I said, it was instant. I was like, oh, that was Edgar Allan Poe all the way. That's that was probably my favorite one too on that one because I don't remember many of the other ones besides the blood one, the one the thing that explodes, and then the one before that one was the uh, 
The one with the key. That one reminded me too much of the one from Jigsaw, too. But obviously that was made first. But um, as far as creativity, I think that was the best. That was definitely the best one. That was one. the best one. So now we get to Saw 6. This was Oh, man, I should have done that as a transition every time. Every time. Every time. Was the music. Was the music. Because yeah. that's when it's like really starts to, you know, <laughs> shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> So this is 2009, a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, and Agent Strom is now dead. And FBI like he's agent real dead. Erickson draws nearer to Hoffman. Yeah, Strom is definitely dead. <laughs> Meanwhile, a pair of insurance executives find themselves in another game set by Jigsaw. Fuck these insurance executives. So 6 puts a lot into perspective, and I had all but forgotten about the end of 6. Um. So, essentially, the people that are in the trap are people that work for an insurance company that denied a procedure that John was wanting to have done to help his cancer. And they denied the procedure because the insurance company uh, felt that it would be considered elective. And if it's an elective procedure, the insurance will not cover it and they could ultimately drop him. That is actually a real thing. So this movie hit a soft spot for me because I worked in the medical field and I dealt with insurance agents countless times. And I can tell you on a personal level, for some of them, not all of them, but for some of them, there is a special place in hell because they have no souls. And I think that they actually had to sign over their soul in blood to get their job because they don't care. They don't. And this movie was the ultimate revenge on every single one of them. Because you're like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because he told the guy. The whole conversation he had him with, he goes, because he tried to give him this bullshit thing about how they calculate. He's like, so you basically hold people's lives in your hands? Like, you're accountable for people's lives? Because that's what you're telling me. You calculate what makes you accountable for other people's lives like do you not see how fucked up that is? and the guy obviously doesn't see it that way till john puts him in the traps and they're they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant like the one yeah. where he has the older woman like well she's older and she's got pre-existing conditions but she has a family she has a family this kid's young healthy he'll be fine but nobody will miss him i mean what the fuck like are you kidding me like how crazy is that though because that played so well into the way that a lot of actual insurance companies work oh healthy oh yeah doesn't matter if you will cover him immediately oh yeah we know you have a family but so you have this little pre-existing condition i don't even remember six to the point in that part i was screaming oh, so great woman. it was so great. i was like it was so great there's so much of it that it was amazing but getting back into what Hoffman really starts doing in this shit. So you find <laughs> out that he, the only, so Strom's hand managed to survive him being squished. And Hoffman has now been using his hand to tie Strom. To leave fingerprints. <laughs> because they don't know Strom is dead yet. Not yet. Not yet. They don't know. Uh, 
Not she starts getting crazy realize... on Hoffman till well, he realizes Strom's partner is still alive. Yeah. She's with Erickson. They they find the they're like, okay, this voice analysis. Oh my doesn't god, match. his fucking face when he saw her. Dude, he was like, what the fuck? And then when they were talking about the voice analysis, and he just knew, he's like, if they hear my voice, like, they're going to know it. Oh my God, that scene was so intense. It's clearly not going to be John's voice. So like, how the fuck am I going to, how the fuck am I literally going to cover all of this? I love how they say in, (laughs) so I was just reading something real quick on Wikipedia where it said reviews were mixed. This is about Saw 6. Reviews were mixed with some criticizing the acting and other praising uh, Grutert's directing improvement over the last few installments and the film's contribution to the debate on healthcare reform in the United States. <laughs> Thank you, Saw 6, for that. Thank you. Because this came out in 2009 and I entered the medical field in 2010. So watching this movie again just meant so much more to me. Just so much more. Because this was before, you know, like obviously now pre-existing conditions aren't as much of a thing as they were, but that played a big role and it was ridiculous. Because that plays a role in, you know, the one guy goes, well, he denied because you had problems with your teeth and that could lead you to heart disease. And he's like, you just gave me a fucking death sentence, like over some bullshit. Like you're going to drop my insurance and I'm about to die. Like... What the fuck? Like, this guy is a fucktard. Like, fuck that guy. I do have to say, though, that in this movie, this scene where Hoffman goes to the clinic to talk to Jill, and then she has the flashbacks of John and Amanda, to have, like, all four of those characters in that scene, it was just Saw. I'm like, those four people are Saw. And I loved how they pulled it together because Hoffman's a dick and he's like gone. Well, they really, yeah. And then when Jill's like trying to center herself, John shows up and then she goes off about how Amanda's stupid and everything and then Amanda shows up and John's like, no, I saved her. And he like brings her back to what the real purpose is because Hoffman's going off the fucking deep end. (laughs) So I I just loved that scene because it brought it back to, it helped you remember what was really. Well, and then that's when you realize too that Amanda was there that night. Amanda was there that night. I don't think Cecil. you find that out until seven. With Cecil. I don't think you find that out until seven. Are you sure? I am pretty damn sure. Because I remember the beginning of seven with Cecil and her in a car. And I was like, what the fuck are these two? doing in a car together and then towards the end of it is where it reveals that she um basically forced Cecil to go in there and get drugs cuz Jill is so And then that's mean. when that's when it's tying into the the note that Hoffman wrote or how he knew that she was part of the reason why Gideon died God I had so much of Six and, six and I seven. So much kind of Sean, of, I had so much of Sean Patrick Flannery still in my head in seven. And I just, I'm so sorry because he was so nice when I met him. But oh my he, God, he was a, oh, is he so was terrible in seven. He's so terrible in seven. I'm sorry. I for, I'm forgetting so much about seven because he. Oh. <laughs> You're like, I forgot the actual oh, plot of seven of besides seven. Sean Patrick because Flannery. Because how terrible Sean Patrick Flannery was in it. <laughs> 
So uh, after we get to where, so this is where we ultimately find out, though, even though we don't get to that part yet till seven. But we do find out that uh, ultimately this is where this was supposed to be Hoffman's test because part of the people that are in this new trap, one of them is a reporter that had come to Jill, had also come to Hoffman. And you're like, what's this chick coming after? And she gives this thing to Jill and nobody really understands what it is until you find out that what it actually is is a photocopy of the letter that he wrote to Amanda blackmailing her into knowing that he knew that she was involved with Jill's miscarriage. And then that sets up the whole thing within three where she ultimately kills the doctor, which sets up the doctor's husband, Jeff, killing her. Y'all, it's amazing how it just I mean, it's in. so crazy because you never even think about that. And then you get those flashbacks of, I just remember seeing her in the car with Cecil and I was like, God, what the f-? And then I'm you like, realize you're like, she was a drug addict. That's right. So it makes perfect sense that like, she would have been there series, that night. This whole fucking series should have just been called, what the fuck is Amanda doing? <laughs> Trying to get clean. <laughs> God. Raw, poor Jill. Yeah, the raw end of this whole fucking thing. I really like Jill, man. So that's how it's revealed that all of that comes into play. And now Jill has the letter. And, you know, she realizes, yeah, she's just, she's fucking done with Hoffman because she knows exactly what he's also, doing. Also, um, Hoffman has been getting letters in envelopes that say, I know who you are. And you don't know who those are coming from until seven either, which I was thinking it was Jill it was coming from, but it was not Jill. Now, was this in, was this... So he did receive one, well, one no, of the Well, no, not Hoffman. I'm not talking about Hoffman. I'm talking about the box that Jill gets that she has got the that numbers box in, in this them. one, I believe. Okay, that's that's what I was getting I to. I believe it was Because that's how you find out because there was the whole thing about Hoffman not getting his test and you get all right. these numbered envelopes folders, these yeah. envelopes where you think that okay, well she knows about she knows just about just just as much about this trap that Hoffman has put together with these insurance people just as much as Hoffman knows about it, except that she doesn't know, Hoffman doesn't know that she has that final envelope that's Hoffman's test. Right. It's his test now. Because she by the gave time him we five, get, but she was holding She six. was still holding one. Yeah. So by the time we get to the end of it and you realize the guy, the insurance agent makes it to the end and you realize that the last two people that were the last three people that were trapped there was a mother and son and then there was the blonde reporter and the guy makes it to the end and fuck this guy all of a sudden you think you realize that the mother and son were the wife and son of the man in the beginning that he denied insurance coverage to. And the reporter is actually his sister. So the biggest part of this test was 
it really, you find out it's not this insurance adjuster's test. It was actually the mother and son's test. And John said, are you going to be, can you forgive this man for what he did? And for a second, the mom does. And the son was like, fuck that. You killed my dad. And he pulled that fucking lever. And that was all, that was all it wrote. Also, also by the way, you were, you were right. The whole thing with Cecil and Amanda is in this one. That's what I thought. It's so hard. That's what I thought. It's so, so hard. I was like, I, that is not in seven. No, I'm, you're, I'm you're positive right. they touch base on all of that. Because no, that's right. that's when that big reveal all comes into play. That's yeah, like, no, holy you're right. fucking shit. Now, now we got it. Now we know why Amanda did what she did. All yeah. that fucking guilt. Just she couldn't take it anymore. For our orphan black out, black fans out there, if you recognize who that fucker is at the end of the movie, fuck what you did to Helena. Fuck what you did to Helena. No one touches Helena. I mean, I'm sure that guy's a great guy in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he just played some really Listen, shit fucking character. If you hurt Helena, yeah, or Cosima, yeah, in that show, yes, fuck you. That's what's gonna happen to you. Fuck you. Literally, fuck you, Delphine. You get a free ride because you. You get a free ride. <laughs> she always, you know. Delphine, Delphine, Delphine's some... hair. Del... Here we are on hair. We should just have a whole podcast on hair. That's why Delphine gets a pass because Delphine gets Delphine's a pass hair. because Delphine no. really fucked up in season one. No, she did. No, no, no. We know. We and know then why she, she gets was a pass. like, you know, <laughs> this is really fucked up, and I'm kind of falling in love with you and her hair. Also, it's kind of funny that Delphine didn't start actually falling in love with her until they fought. Mm-hmm. It says a lot. It makes me love Cosima even more. Anyway. Um, Cosima, are you feeling lonely tonight? Girl. <laughs> Holla at your girl. Dude, I tell you what. If I Holla actually, at your girl. If I actually dated Tatiana, I would literally be like, are you into role play? <laughs> because I need- <laughs> I mean, I just want to throw it out there. It's gonna take a really long time to do your hair. I, get I mean, that. I mean if, if, if this is not if this is not a for if this is if this ain't gonna happen, like I just but I have to I look I have to throw this bone out because <laughs> if you are into this, this is going to mean a lot in the course of our relationship. If you're into this, every night, every night, go see my hold on to your lab coat, baby girl. <laughs> Sorry. So we get Hoffman's <coughs> test. Oh God! We get Hoffman's fucking test, and Jill has him Which is funny to the chair because it's the same. It's the same exact same one. Amanda, one that had. Amanda got. Because uh, at this point, he is found out. Yeah, but she took the key with her. She took the key. She wanted him to die. Yeah, she was locked away. <sighs> By this time, they pretty well knew it was Hoffman. They had her hidden in the jail and you know we're gonna be okay and obviously when he's with uh perez who was strom's partner who lived and erickson the head fbi agent and they scramble the audio and obviously they figure out it's hoffman's voice because they just know he goes fucking ape shit kills everybody in the whole fucking room and uh says fuck it still still uses strom's hand to try to plant the fingerprints which i thought was really funny sets fire to the whole thing gets to jill thinks he's got her 
And that's when she fucking traps him in the chair. Bear trap. Amanda's. But when she leaves, he... He's takes, able to get... He's able to get his hands free because yep. he breaks one of his hands and rips it through and he jams the trap in through the bars of the window so that instead of ripping his whole face, it just rips his cheeks out. He is screaming at the end of that. That was... That was actually amazing though that was because really fucking great. he knew he was fucked. That was really fucking great. He he's like I got to do something cuz I'm I'm going to die right here right now. Also, I did love the effect of the I'm trying to think of my favorite kill um, in this. One. Honestly, my favorite kill was the insurance guy because of oh, the yeah, fact that it was just hydrochloric acid yeah. just and it sep- it was just from the, the inside out and his and body just split in half and it was, it was like so good. It was beautiful. Fuck was what like you a, did to Helene. It was like a rain of Intestines and, and it, livers and stomachs and although I have bile to say, I, and all the things. I did really like the merry-go-round trap a lot. The merry-go-round trap was really really good. The fact that they were all just Highly screaming invented. at him, they were like, "He's lying, she's lying, <laughs> she's cheating," and and then the one guy that ends up dying at the end. Oh, I see how it is. I actually <laughs> agree with off. the two people that oh, he I, picked. Yeah. Out of just hearing all of their bullshit, I really liked I agreed with It's the so two. funny how the change in him <clears throat> where he actually starts to make the right decisions, but you're like, still, fuck you. Like, at this point, what you did to Helena... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm never going to let Helena's that go, not even sir. in the show in this movie. Like she's not even a real thing. But it but it's kind of like when they did the live on Sunday when everyone was like it was good to see Helena and I was like everybody loves Helena. Like if you start watching the show and you meet Helena for the first time, you're like, what the fuck is wrong oh, with you? Rough. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like Helena's Paul. insane. <laughs> And then I'm like, wait until season two. And then in season two, it's like, we must protect Helena at all costs. Well, Paul isn't crazy. It just takes you a while to love Paul. Paul redeems himself. Oh, yeah. You you just kept with me. You're like, just please. I, I beg and of I you. And I also told you the I same thing about. I beg of you, stay with Paul. And I was like. I did the same thing with Delphine. Because I was like, you're going to have a love-hate yeah, relationship you did. You're with like, Delphine just, just, for a little bit. But I'm like, when you actually, like, when she finally is like, no, I love you, and I'm going to protect you, and you're everything to me, I was like, same Delphine, it's okay, we're okay now. <laughs> so, uh, so I completely forgot to mention something. Um, the first Saw was uh, no. directed by James Wan, as we all know. Um, My fave. Oh, bye. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I think we're pretty well all in the same vein that the man can do no wrong. He really um, can. He needs to direct every horror movie. <laughs> by the second one, uh, yes. By the second one, Darren Lynn uh, Bowsman comes into play. Um, I really, really love him as a director. Uh, Repo, the genetic opera, is in fucking incredible it's so great and then this guy sort of takes over afterwards of uh he does two he does three um he comes back and he does four and then by five uh five and six we have a totally different director uh because now we have 
what's his name? Kevin Grutert? I believe that's how it's pronounced. Grutert, I think. Very German. Very, very German. (laughs) Very, very German. I'm trying to think of what... Oh, he directed Jezebel. I actually really liked Jezebel. Oh my god, Jezebel is so underrated. I actually really liked Jezebel. You know, Jezebel is one of those movies that... He also directed The Strangers. Just the first one, right? Yeah, the first one. I did not care for the second Yeah, so he came back and did uh, six... And seven, which is also saw 3D. Um, I didn't get to see it in 3D. I have to say, I'm kinda, I didn't either. I'm kind of sad I didn't. I didn't either. You know, after the third one, I will admit I did stop seeing them in theaters. Did you? Yeah, I. But I did. Thank God, went back and started watching them again because I'm just so glad I did. Oh yeah, I'm so glad I did. I'm Even so now, glad I did too. How I'm much so glad that I did it together. all together like that because it made so much more sense. Gave me such more of a love so for more. the theory. Gave me such more love for the theories. <laughs> I actually thought you were gonna say theater, which too movie theaters come back. Uh, but a whole new love for the series. A whole oh, brand new love for the series. It's all definitely one of my favorite again. movie horror movie series. <clears throat> Hands so down. the final chapter. Saw 7, Saw 3D, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Saw. Saw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by this time, it is 2010. Uh, it has a 5.6 IMDb rating. And it is described as a deadly battle rages over Jigsaw's brutal legacy. A group of Jigsaw survivors gathers to seek the support of self-help guru <clears throat> and fellow survivor Bobby Dagan. A man whose own dark... It didn't say that. I'm sorry. A man whose own dark secrets unleash a new wave of terror. Oh, no. He's the worst. Well, let's get this out of the way from the start. Bobby is a fake fuck. He is not one of Jigsaw's survivors. He He was basically a fucking loser nothing that saw on the news about the Jigsaw murders, decided to copycat one of them and make it look like he was a victim and (sighs) writes this book and has all these victims and says, Oh, well he was trying to help. He was so full of shit. His own wife didn't know. He was so full of shit. Such a piece of shit. He was so full of shit. He lied to fucking everybody. It, can we talk about how it opens up though? Chester Bennington? No. The two guys in that box in the fucking middle of to be up so And then bad. the girl on the ceiling. Yeah, fuck that hoe. You know what's actually really funny is that the guy, one of the guys that was in there, I was like, he looks so fucking familiar. He was in Revenge. Yes, I read that. And he was in something else that I watched. He was. because I Recently. Because I was like, what is this dude that played, keeps popping up? He played the, the Brad character, I believe it was. And, uh, yeah, he was in quite a bit of stuff. Wait, was he... Hold on. And his girlfriend was a total hoe. She was fucking both of them. Once upon a time not long ago, I I was was a hoe. hoe. And she was. It was... Hold on. It was, um... Because, yes, I was like, oh, my God, that's what's-his-name from Revenge. But he was... Oh, that Below Her Mouth movie. He was in that too, cause I was I sat and was watching, cause my I friend's like, you need to watch that. below her mouth. It's it's not. Oh, okay, well thanks. If you want to watch lesbian porn, oh, 
There you go. I'm There's good. really no plot. But he plays I'm too the, old. <laughs> he plays like Same I enjoyed enough. the movie, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, I like plot. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I just watched a feature length porn. And Sometimes I'm like, I just, that's really important to have uh, meaning to the story. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I really enjoy oh, lesbian context. stories. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, I really enjoy lesbian stories. Mm. But anyway, so we digress. So yeah, that opening. <laughs> so yeah, scene he, was he's the boyfriend in that movie. So it was funny because I looked him up and was like, oh my god, he's in Revenge. Then that opening scene, I looked him up and then I was like, oh my god, that's the same guy from Revenge. <laughs> like, why I can't I like get it in my head who that is? <laughs> That was just a, I just thought that was a really fucking crazy way. That was, that was crazy. So I, I loved it. that because I that loved was it. really fucked up. Uh, so now we have, this is, good lord, why did you take me like all the way to the wrong fucking movie, IMDb? <laughs> IMDb is like, no. Like, no, this is not, we're not. We have looked up way too many Saw movies, we're done. Like, we're done by this time. So now we know Hoffman's out there. We know he's not dead. We know clearly that he's out there somewhere. Motherfucker uh, starts saw, saw, sewing his mouth together. That was almost as bad as... Um, damn it, Rick was just talking about this movie. Fuck. <laughs> oh my god, my brain just doesn't want to work anymore. The um, It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's all in Spanish. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh. The one where the stepdad gets his cheek ripped. I remember and that. And he's sewing it. Yeah. Oh, God, it was another thing to turn my fucking stomach. Nope. Well, by this time, Jill asked to be in protective custody. She speaks with an internal affairs detective who says, you know, I will tell you everything you want to know. I just need you to make sure that I have protection. Because she knows that he's alive, too. She, she knows. knows everything. She's got it. She's, she's fucking got it. Um, she's like, save me from this man. Oh my God, though. Can we talk? So in the meantime, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Can we talk about when he comes for her? Because he is a, I texted it's you. It's relentless. I texted you. I was like, he is a fucking tank. He's relentless. He's like, I am not motherfucking stopping until this bitch is dead. Because he's like, I don't. I don't care about, at this point, I don't care about you. I don't care about John. I don't care about John's vision. I am Jigsaw now. I'm taking this over. I am the captain. I am the, like, I am the captain look, now. Look, look, look. <laughs> that would have been a great I looper. mean, basically, that If he was like, amazing. walked up to her all mad and was like, look, I am the captain. <laughs> look at me. I am the captain now. I am the now. captain now. That you'd have been like, I am me. Jigsaw now. I think this is the wrong movie. That, but no, he he didn't. He that's why he was like a fucking bulldog coming after her because oh he didn't. God, get, there was insane. zero fucks given after that. He's like, bitch, I'm fucking. I'm. He had nothing left to lose he had at that nothing. point nope. either. So by seven, it was like zero fucks were gone because he had nothing left to lose. He was a fucking tank too. Holy shit. Oh, he was almost superhuman. I know. At times. Oh my God. Like the anger and the adrenaline was as just. As much as I hated that character, going. I loved that. I oh, loved I how he was just. that. Fucking like, I have a mission. I'm going after Jill. And fuck all y'all. Y'all are going to die. <laughs> so there's this whole scene 
later on with Bobby and the self-help group with all the other uh, victims of sauce traps. And we see Detective Gordon there. And you're like, You mean what? Dr. Gordon? Detective Gordon? Am I mixing them up? It's Dr. Gordon. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he's not a detective. I think he's just a doctor. <laughs> Might as well have been. Um, but you're like, what the fuck is he doing here? Saw in a nutshell. What the fuck are you doing There's here? There's so much of that in this entire Who is movie. A, where, why is Amanda here? Why is Gordon here? So Yeah, that whole series. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, I mean, you, you like, wait a minute. This is going to play this like it was kind of one of those like put a pin in this. Mm-hmm. This is all going to come <laughs> back to play later on. Especially Trust because me. by that point, you know how the Saw movies work. So, you know, Gordon yeah. is coming back yeah. for a purpose. You, you, Yeah, we got it. We, You know that by by this point, because after Bobby leaves, that is when he gets captured. Yeah. And he gets put into his real game this time. Because you realize it was all it was all bullshit. Um, it was gazebos. To- <laughs> so one of my one of my favorite kills in this is the chick with the things in her neck, and he's she's got the key down her throat, and he is screaming because it's all sound. Not sound that sensitive. one. That one made me so angry. Oh, that, that one made me angry. I like, can't. Can you just shut the fuck up. <laughs> because I mean, she really like the whole can't. time she was screaming, and I was like, I understand that has to be painful. I understand that, but, but even bitch, when he if you don't stopped, shut the fuck up right now, like stop, stop, and she then he literally is like, why didn't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> he like screams at her. <laughs> what I thought was so the the dynamic in this one that was so different too is that whereas in six the guy gets through the traps and people start to live. Seven, Bobby just sucks at all of his fucking traps. He's so... My favorite trap was the one where he had to lift it. He had to lift the weight to get it to stop so the three prongs wouldn't penetrate that woman's face. I loved that one. That was a great one. Uh, Favorite kill by far, though, is R.I.P. Chester Bennington. God love you, Chester. R.I.P. for real, though. Him being glued to that <laughs> fucking dude. Okay, in any scene where somebody's... And I feel like that's only been used successfully a couple of times, but I feel like we need to see more of that. Anytime anybody's, like, face is ripped off by a tire, I don't know what it is about <laughs> that, but that was... Have you seen Rubber? Brutil... Bru, brutil... Okay, wait. You know what? Rubber did it. So there was three. They did it. Rubber did it. And um, the scene in... It was not Quentin Tarantino. It was Robert Rodriguez. But the double feature they did with the Death Proof. I haven't seen that. Death Proof. Yeah, there's a great tire. Yeah. Anytime you can ever utilize that... I, they utilized I it in this movie. Utilizing that. It oh was, my it was god! It was bro- that is my favorite. Sorry to jump the gun again, but that is definitely my favorite one. Um, oh no! I already told my favorite one. So by this time, again, like we said, Hoffman is a fucking tank. He gives zero <laughs> fucks anymore. He's after Jill. He's gonna get her. Uh, He's gonna get her. 
Dude, the dream she had, though, where he he had that thing coming at her and it just fucking ripped her body to shreds. I kind of liked that. Oh, yeah. The dream. Where you thought it was a trap and it wasn't. Like, he, yeah, she woke up. Because, you know, of course she's terrified that he's going to fucking come after her. I mean, I'd be terrified, too, if that motherfucking thing was moving toward me. Good lord. Uh, he was so like a... Oh, my God. Burr, 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 I really burr. believed it. I believed it. I was like... I did, too. So I was like, oh, shit. Well, so now we get to... She uh, had a much more symbolic death, though. She did. She really did. Because uh, by this time... So, Bobby... So we're just going to end with Bobby real quick. Bobby doesn't save anybody. <laughs> Bobby does a really shit job. Bobby sucks. Bobby's wife finds out the truth. She dies. He doesn't save her. No. No. And no. he just, he's just a shit. No. Anyway. <laughs> so, getting back to Hoffman. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Bobby's That's, character in this just... Uh, this whole movie was actually decent. I just hated that character I so really much. Did. The only thing that I truly cared about in this movie was Hoffman and Jill. I, oh, I yeah. Did not that's care. all I wanted to yeah. care about was how the whole thing was going to come back together. Uh... So the two officers, the main officers that find the game's location, they're sealed into a room. They get tricked going to a different room from a video that Hoffman sends them. And they end up getting trapped in that room. And remember the automatic gun goes off and kills everybody in the room. Yep. And then you realize where Hoffman actually is. He's and how going he's able for to Jill. Get to Jill because he, he does just fucking get to goes through and just destroys everything yep. in his path. He's a gets fucking everybody, tornado. and then he puts her in the bear trap and watches it tear her jaw apart. So that was a very symbolic death, Jill. though, it for was, Jill because oh. that trap has been there from the beginning. From the start. Yeah, that was Amanda's trap. But that poor was Jill again. God, Jill. Jill I love, gets I the, love Jill, Jill. Gets the fucking raw end of Jill this. did her best guys Jill but Hoffman gets it and who does he get it from but none other than Dr. Lawrence I feel like that was justice it. oh it was like, perfect because he it was you everything find out, you needed you find out that Lawrence that is the one that's been sending him the notes I know yes. who you are yep um and then because Lawrence, he got out and he uh, Jigsaw started taking care of him. Yeah, he you did. You see this whole thing. He puts his yep. leg in a brace. He's rehabbing him. He, you know, and then that's when he's leaving the notes. The little he, things, the guys with, we were talking about this scene with the key. And you realize, like, obviously that would have taken a surgeon to do something like that. And yeah. you find out that was Gordon. So, so Gordon the kind of helped that, too. Yes. But he was more for Jill's protection. For Jill's protection. And Jigsaw literally, John literally said, if, Something happens to Jill. Yes. Take care of it for yes. me. Yes. And as soon that was the as promise literally that as soon as yep. Jill died, Gordon was like, fuck this dude. He's no, we're not we're not doing this. So the redeeming <clears throat> part of seven was Gordon coming back at the end. Gordon being revealed for his role that he played. And guess where and he put ending. him? Guess where he put fucking Hoffman? Where he deserved to be. Where In that fucking room where poor Adam was really decayed. It's what, it's what Jigsaw <laughs> would have wanted. Yeah. It's exactly what, what John would have wanted. 
So where it all starts. And he closes the door and says, game, game over. over. I was it. like, oh, my God. Oh, it sent shivers. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It made me appreciate the movie again. Mm-hmm. Because like, it was we the could crown, honestly the just cut jewel. out the whole lobby thing. <laughs> because at that point, all you care about is Jill and Hoffman. You yeah. want to know what is what is going to fucking happen at this point. Because now we know somebody's going down. Because Hoffman yeah. has nothing left to lose. Jill has nothing left to lose. So this showdown is going to happen. One of the two of them has got to fucking go. And they both go. And Gordon comes back. It was perfect. Gordon's like, I'm here to save the day. Oh, it was amazing. It was inc- It was so Unrealized good. idea. Unrealized. And we, you know, we love Carrie Elwes anyway. I so do. I love him love so much. Well, guys, we are finally ending on Jigsaw. Oh, my God. I feel like we've been... How long has it How, been? It's two hours. Oh. I knew it was going to be two hours. And I get a solid exactly, two hours. I knew exactly it was going to be two hours. So we get to but Jigsaw. But these movies are so in detail, though. So it's kind of Well, like, we didn't... Obviously, Not even going in detail. detail yeah, we don't really still, need to. Yeah, but no. but the important part that I wanted to do was go through all the flashback scenes oh, to yeah. tie everything in together because that's what essentially makes these movies so important is tying them all in together. Now this one, yeah. so it's actually really funny because, like I said at the beginning, when I saw this movie, I I've seen the first Saw seven billion times. So when I went and saw this movie, I was like, oh my god, Jigsaw was amazing. I loved every minute of it. It's so perfect. And then I went back and rewatched the entire series and I was like, oh God, Jigsaw did not need to happen. Can we talk about plot holes? <laughs> it was as a standalone, a great movie. So Absolutely. it came out in 2017. So this is some time. This is about seven years after 3D and 13 years after the original. Yeah. The original was in 2004. Yeah. Uh, so the IMDb synopsis states that bodies are turning up around the city, each having met a uniquely gruesome demise as the investigation proceeds. Evidence points to one suspect, John Kramer, the man known as Jigsaw, who has been dead for over 10 years. So we start off with this like really strange scenario where this guy, you think he has a bomb timer. He says these things that people are going to die. This cop shoots him. They bring his body. He's in a coma. Uh, then you find these people in these traps. They've got these chains around their neck. And every time a victim doesn't make it, it keeps going back to this coroner's office. Well, the main coroner and this cop have a connection. And then there's a girl coroner, the hot one. Uh, Y'all, she's listen, important because she she uh, made the movie. <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> They start to realize that this is Jigsaw. And when DNA analysis comes back, it actually matches John's. So this has really got everybody fucked up. Because everybody at this yeah. point know he's been dead. Know he's been dead for quite some time. Like, we know. So, like, we just, we all know at this point. We yeah. got it, but we don't understand what's going on. Because these people are in these traps. And they're all getting tied together. They keep saying they have a truth that they need to reveal to get out of it. and you know, you get all their various backstories and whatnot. So it's really kind of playing into something pretty decent once it starts off. You're like, wow, okay, I all right, all right, this is looking pretty good. So the one guy corner with the connection to the cop, his wife was killed. And so now he's a single father. Uh, the other girl cop, or a coroner rather, she is 
she's been obsessed with these jigsaw murders. She's in this uh, chat room, and then you she find out the well, that's traps. when you, you find that out. Yeah, which as more of these bodies start to turn up, and then the guy that was in the coma gets kidnapped, and when they decide to exhume John's body. And they don't find John's body. They find the dead guy that was in the coma that is now dead. You're like, wait a fucking, what is happening right now? I literally in the theater audibly said, there is no so now fucking you're, way yeah, John Kramer no is alive. Alive. There's no way. He's dead. He's fucking dead. Like, we know he's dead. He's not alive. Like, I saw him die. He no, was he shot. <laughs> so it, it keeps going to where then everything, one of the, so the cop, the main cop that really plays the role in the end. There is another cop that knows the male coroner because they used to serve in Afghanistan together. And he sneaks in, takes pictures of all the traps that this woman has collected. And that basically starts to implicate them. So when they are going into being arrested, they weren't actually arrested yet. Mm-mm. I think they were getting ready to be, but that's when she finds out, okay, I traced the barn. I traced the farm to where the victims these of the game are being held. So on their way there, this cop is on his way there. And you're like, okay, what's, what the fuck's going on? Something, something's happening. And then they fucking show John. Then they show John. Because the and last two like, people in the trap, he has them in a room and he's giving them a choice. And you're just sitting here like, okay. I'm like, I'm fucked up. John is not alive. <laughs> so what is happening? Um, And then that's when you realize that everything that they were actually showing wasn't John's game. No, everything they were showing was John's game. Was John's game, but it was... But what we were seeing in the coroner aspect was a copycat. Was a copycat. Just not the same was people. The copycat. We were watching John's game. We were watching John's, John's game. But everything game. else, but it was every single past victim future, that was future, Every single future. victim that was found, exactly. Yep. Every single victim that the coroner kept finding... They were actually unrecognizable. Yes. Because and they, they did that for the same a reason. People. Yeah. Because the way that they tied into that cop is that these actual victims were they they were tied to this cop because the coroner is trying to implement this cop the whole fucking time. Because you right. find out these victims were people that had gone to jail for crimes that this cop, again, another dirty cop, he had planted stuff on them, all this stuff. And uh so they're trying to tie it all back to him. But then when the coroner, the girl gets away, you find out that for a reason. When the coroner and the cop are trapped together and you think he died, and then that's when you realize that this whole time, the ones that he was finding weren't real, that the coroner was actually redoing jigsaws. He was doing it because he was apparently one of Jigsaw's early traps and he survived and Jigsaw trained him and this whole thing. And, and then see he that, disappeared and wasn't in any of the other songs. So the, this is what then, okay, then this is where it ends and it gets wonky because then you're like, okay, I was with you all the way through it 
till you got to the very end of the movie and there's too many fucking plot holes. There's just too many plot holes. Where were you this whole time? Like, if you were really that much of a role You would have been like, with Hoffman and Amanda the whole time. And the, and the way we talked about this, the way they covered it up was they tried to say like, oh, well, I was a part of a trap that the cops didn't know about. So you're like, that really doesn't make any fucking sense. How many ones did John have? Because honestly, if you and watch, Hoffman if you and watch Jill, the first seven, are Hoffman and Amanda a part of those two? Like, what the fuck is happening? But yeah, no, it it absolutely makes no sense because you have this guy. Because the first seven movies make it very clear that everybody who's made it, John has taken in and trained them, and they've all been a part of it. Yeah. So where the fuck has this guy been? Like it makes it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it I makes really... absolutely no. And and you know, like I said, as a standalone movie, it's fantastic. Yeah. And honestly, with it, when I first saw it, if you've only seen the first one, relatively recently, and then watched Jigsaw, you're like, wow, that's great. Um, yeah, no. If you watch all seven of them and then watch this one, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it, it again because of all of the plot holes, it was really strange to go back and watch it because again, like I said, I think I had, I think I had somehow just inadvertently put the movie out of my head. So it literally felt like I was watching it all over again. But then I kind of liked that because it was watching them in order again, really brought out how, I just don't think Jigsaw really needed to be made. No, it did not. It did not. It was need a to whole new. It was a whole new set of directors. I mean, I, I sort of think I get what they were trying to do with it, but it just didn't. As a standalone movie, you guys rocked it. It was great, but to put it in the Saw series, I, no. No, I just, I just can't, I can't. And I don't, yeah, it was just, there was just too much, there was so much unanswered and you didn't understand what, and the other thing for me too is, so now knowing what we know about Spiral, Mm -hmm. is Spiral going to have any connection to Jigsaw I feel like it will. I don't know how, but I feel like it will. Because you know how these movies like was are. Jigsaw was Jigsaw supposed to be giving us the the precursor to what Spiral is ultimately going to become? Because I really know, hope that's not true. We know that Spiral is from the book of Saw, but it will not be Saw. I really hope that it doesn't come off Jigsaw. It needs to come I off the other Saw films. I don't think it will either. Um, and a lot of the reasoning why is because Darren Lynn Bowsman has returned to direct Spiral. Good. And besides the first one, he did, you know, three, four. He did the really integral ones to really tie. Well, then uh, you know it'll be tied in somehow. Mark, but we just To tie Hoffman, you know, to really tie Hoffman into the story. Like, he really... Was the catalyst in saying that. I also want to mention that Greg Hoffman 
was an incredible, incredible film producer that is responsible for the development of Saw and Saw 2. Um, he was working with Twisted Pictures, uh, absolutely really wanted to see Saw get off the ground, was really integral in the first two films. And it was actually working on three and four when he um, unfortunately died at the very early age of 42 of natural causes. He was, it was in 2005. Um, I just wanted to mention that because he was kind of, uh, the movie Saw 3 was dedicated to him. And then he was sort of posthumously given producing credits for ultimately all the Saw films. If you look at the credits of all of them, he is, you see the name Greg Hoffman written in as producer. Did and, they name uh, Hoffman after him? I almost think maybe they did. Because he passed before Hoffman Three was and a four. thing. So I think they, so. I think they named Hoffman after him. And if I couldn't find anything corroborating that, but if that is the reason why, oh, bravo for that. Because yeah. he really deserved that. I mean, that, that guy and James Wan were so integral in getting these movies off the ground. And, um, Actually, of all things, one of the, besides Saw 3 and Saw 4, one of the very last movies he was working on with James Wan was Dead Silence. And they, not, they dedicated Dead Silence to him. Um, y'all. It was the last movie that he If you have not seen Dead Silence, holy shit. You so I went back and watched that years after it came out. And it holds, I, that yeah. movie holds to today. Because the twist. Big time. Ooh, that twist at the end, I still am like, what the fuck? You know, it's another one of those James Wan originals. Like, it's one of those where it's like, oh my god, this is a James Wan film. This is incredible. Have you seen Demonic? Yeah, that was really That was an amazing twist at the end of that movie, too. That was fucking good. That fucked me up. That was a good one, too. I feel like we need to do an entire podcast on James Wan. That would be... We kind of did. (laughs) Sort of, kind of. That's true. When we did the Conjuring series, yeah, we, we sort of kind of James Wan. We basically <laughs> did. So I just think it's, I just think it's really. I love the fact that we decided to do the Saw series. Um, it's just funny that out of like my top five favorite horror films, three, four of them. Oh, are for James sure. Wan films, like it's it's insane. But getting back to the Saw films, uh, more specifically, guys, if you go back and listen to our beginning of 2020 episode and the movies that we were looking forward to in 2020 that didn't happen but the movies that we were looking forward to in 2020 um spiral was the big one that everybody just desperately wanted especially after the trailer dropped we were so happy we're unfortunately not getting it till next year but we are still getting it and i am so excited to see this franchise continuing Because this is really going to be an amazing turn on it. And I'm so happy. I am just ecstatic. These movies were so original. They were such an original thought. They played so well. And this one is going to be very psychological. Taking it back to the first one. Back to all that that we loved. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm so happy about it. I'm so happy about it. So I kind of wish we could have been doing this to also talk about Spiral, but we just, we've, we've got an episode for next year. It would be coming out in like two weeks. Yeah. 
we've got an episode for next year. So um, real quick, we're going to give you our the how we rate the series in is order in our opinion. Oh, mine is totally the same as Casper's, especially <laughs> after watching them again. This this just fits. It fits. So obviously Saw one is yes. number one. Um then three. So one, three, two, four, six, five, seven, jigsaw. So the only ones that are really switched are three and two and five and six. And there's a reason behind that. Um, I think three, three, I've heard a lot of people say that they like three better than two. Three was a fucking masterpiece. I mean, like, I love two. Don't get me wrong. I really did. But three really gave you the relationship between John and Amanda that you wanted to see because you really don't see that in the first one at all. And the second one, you rarely see it because she's crazy haired crazy well (laughs) i sort of feel like three was the true sequel to the first one and two had to be made to tie four in yeah so and three really was just like because they could have made one two and three and left it yeah because it just it tied together so well that you really didn't need the the details that the later movies gave you it was nice to have that But just having the first three, it was a perfect trilogy. And they could have just kept it like that. So, three. And then I liked six better than five. Just because the traps, I liked the traps better. And I liked the insurance. Oh my god, yes. Oh, like I told you that. (laughs) Hands down. That was a given for me. There's a special place in hell for this week. (laughs) Fuck all y'all. There really, sincerely is. So thank you guys. Um, our movie series ones are always long, but I really hope you guys loved this. And I hope it makes you guys want to go back and watch the series. Also, really shout do. out to Don't Go Out There podcast. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for always telling me that your favorite saws have been four, five, and six, because you actually gave me the thought to do this podcast and to go back and watch them. And I I'm hope we did it so justice, glad guys. we did. And I'm... I have such a newfound appreciation for four, five, and six, and I kept telling Casper that, like, oh my god, I told I used to tell four, five, and six. Like, four, five, six, and seven are fucking stupid, and now I'm like, I was wrong. Wow, I was so wrong, <laughs> especially a four, five, and six. Like it just, they were so good. The way and really, all- seven, seven was really. I mean, Bobby, <laughs> but all you really cared about seven is by the end of six, you're like. I have got to see how this shit is going to end. Yeah, because you knew Hoffman was alive, so you're like, oh my god, what's going to happen? So we knew it. Yeah, so we hope we did it justice. Thank you, Don't Go Out There podcast. We love you guys, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, The movie ones are always going to be long, but they're the best ones, because we have to... We obviously aren't going to give you the whole goddamn movie, but (laughs) enough of it that we hope you guys appreciate and again, if you haven't seen the movies in a while, hope it makes you go back and watch it. Shit. When they were talking it. about Joyride, I was like, I legit have not seen this movie since high school. You know, doing this podcast has made me watch a lot of films that I that probably I seen. wouldn't either wouldn't watch have... or wouldn't watch again. Like, wouldn't even give the thought to watch them again. Mostly Leprechaun and Friday the 13th oh, films. Oh, but... <laughs> boy. That's not happening. But um... hey, you got back into Chucky. We Big both got back time. into Saw. 
big <coughs> time got back into Chucky. Um, oh my god. <coughs> death. We're getting towards the end too. So. Death. Yeah. And destruction. Don't worry, guys. We will do a Nightmare on Elm Street series. I promise you that is that is gonna happen. Yeah. It's just we're. We're trying to work something out, possibly. So we're not doing that just Before quite yet. We... Yeah, we're gonna wait because that's <laughs> that's hopefully gonna be fingers crossed. A surprise. We're hoping a thing is going thing. to happen, so we're gonna wait on this thing. You know, now that I think about it, I should have contacted Tobin Bell for this. <sighs> it's okay, but it's okay. He's a super super cool dude. His voice is the same. Mm-hmm. Like when he spoke to me, I was like, oh my god, he talks like. <laughs> I hopefully at some point we'll get to meet him. The opportunity I had at the time, the line was just ungodly. And I literally yeah. had one day. It was like Me. out of town. I had literally one day. It would have been a totally different story if it was in town. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got time. No, it was like out of town. I got to leave like tonight, like no. It yeah, just me and my friend Carl just got didn't there happen. Stupid early, and we just were didn't actually happen. first in line to meet him, which was really cool, unfortunately. But... but the voice would have been the kicker for me. Yeah, he when he said hello to me, I was like, "Oh my god, he speaks like that." I just realized something <laughs> real quick before we get into the sponsors and all that stuff. Um, real quick, so I was mentioning to Casper earlier. Casper's never seen Goodfellas, guys. Don't worry about it. It's. It's one of those movies that's been a while, you know? You could forgive her if she hasn't seen it. It's been a while. If you guys don't know this, Tobin Bell is in Goodfellas. <laughs> what? He has a very, very small scene. I am not going to tell you because when you watch the movie, I want you to catch it. Because when I caught it, I was like, wait, what? Was that Jigsaw? <laughs> It's it's so small. It's so fucking small. He plays a probation officer. If you guys have seen Goodfellas, you'll know. You'll go, what the fuck? That was fucking him. And so this is, this was the 90s? So this was a while before. I think he had been doing movie roles up until that point, but they were all like really, oh, yeah. really small parts like that. But the breakout was Saw in 2004. Well, when I was that clicking was on, breakout. I clicked on Shawnee Smith's name and she played in The Blob. The old blob. The old blob, yeah, she was. I'm like, I gotta I remember fucking rewatch that. that shit. Oh my god. But it's she funny when they're like, it's funny when they're a small part and you've seen that movie so many fucking times and you don't realize it and you catch it so quick after the 80 billion time you've seen it. And you go, wait, was that Tobin? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, do you remember? Like, remember that from The Walking Dead? Bad luck reading. Tommy, chop, chop. Tommy, chop, chop. You know, fish can hear you just before you sneeze. <laughs> Chubby chop chop. Oh my god. Oh, great. So, guys, next week, uh, we're starting June. Yay! Oh my god. Um, next this week, month. we this are going. year. Oh my god, this year. <laughs> next month, we will have uh, rabid rats and. Um, they will be taking over <laughs> America. This better all happen after my fucking birthday. That's all I'm saying. I don't even remember my birthday. April was a fucking blur. Um. Anyway, so next week we'll be doing Wendigos, which we have Woo-hoo! touched on Wendigos. And we've, you know, we had that one cryptid episode where we touched on all of them. But we really want to take an episode and actually focus on them like we did Skinwalkers and Bigfoot. Um, Guys, I have developed a whole new found love for fucking 
Wendigos and I really think that her love for Wendigos has become my love for Skinwalkers. Well, oh my, my issue Ugh. with Wendigos has always been their comparison to Skinwalkers. So I'm really liking the fact that we get to do a standalone on just Wendigos, so we can actually really get down to talking about how different they really are from skinwalkers. And I really wanted to bring the Wendigo story to you guys because uh, even though uh, Scared to Death podcast had a few discrepancies in their own and no fault to their own because a lot of, again, a lot of Wendigo information gets mixed up with skinwalker information, but they told some really great stories. And that was one of the few times that I ever, actually, I think one of the first times that I ever heard a, podcasts do a standalone wendigo episode they even did a standalone skinwalker one it's it very wasn't even rare about, to find skinwalker wendigo episodes and it wasn't even about skinwalker ranch they did one just about skinwalkers and then one then did one just about wendigos and i'm like i fucking love you guys nobody does this nobody, nobody does, does this so we brought you a skinwalkers one now we're going to bring you a Wendigo's one. And if you guys remember, this will also kind of tie in to our Helltown episode. <laughs> yeah. Because we mentioned a possible Wendigo up there is what's causing all the shit. So. All the shit. I mean, it's not. It better not. Because when we go up there, I don't want to see no fucking. I already told you guys, like, we love Skinwalkers and we love Wendigos, but I don't actually want to see one. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I have a mini vacation coming up in July where I'm going to be out in the middle of the woods in a cabin, and I'm like, bitch, listen, if I hear, no. <laughs> no. Like, if I hear even the slightest noise of a skinwalker or a wendigo, I'm out. Yeah, no. I'm, like, if I know you're inside and I hear your voice out there, <laughs> I've I'm, said it so I'm many leaving. times, guys. I go camping a lot, and if there's ever, no. No, let's just say that will be the end of my camping for They'll life. Be like, Why the f- what is the f- what is wrong with you? And I'll be like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm we never gotta going go. camping, I gotta go. and I'm never going camping again. That's for goddamn sure. But if Bigfoot would like to make oh, an well, appearance, yeah, I mean, then totally different. That's on a whole new. All right, guys. So a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. I'm sorry. When I said that, there was like. You were like, something on my lip. And I was like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) So thank you for my recent sales. Thank you, Crystal. And thank you, Mindy. Love you guys. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, guys. uh, Just really want to put it out there uh, that the, this, I'm just going to make this short and sweet because my brain is not working anymore. And uh, just want to put it out there to stress that the DFWTO coupon code will be ending the end of next month. So uh, buy it all up. Buy as much as you guys can. Um, The Etsy shop, search Calm Your Body Down. Keep following the Instagram page at CURBD. Check out the website, calmyourbodydown.com. And I now have over 200 followers on Instagram. So thank you. Yay, I love it. really excited because this has been a small business that built from the ground up and it is really the small any love is always appreciated and follows are just as, you know, even just getting the names of small businesses out there, even if you're not able to buy from them, you help in so many ways by reposting, leaving good reviews, giving a follow, giving a shout out, mentioning to other people like word travels and getting the word out is so important. So thank you guys.
go buy all the stuffs. All the stuff and they calm your body down. Okay, guys, if you want to give us a follow on social media, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please make sure to spell it out to the T or you will not find us. Don't fuck with the original. If you would like to give us a follow or subscribe to make sure you know whenever we put out new episodes, we are on Podbean, CastBox, Podcast Player, Spotify, and Podcast Addicts. Wow. Other stuffs. There's so many. And if you would like to just say hey or give us a shout or shout or... Hey, whatever. Wow, my brain's like... <laughs> just, just hey and shout. Um, hey, shout. <laughs> Let it know that. <laughs> These are the, the things, things that I can do. Come on. I'm sorry. You can't, you. you can't with Tears for Fears because I will sing. <laughs> um... Email us at dfwto88 and 8493 at gmail.com. Oh my lord. Okay, guys, have a great week. We'll see you we next you week. Guys. Okay, bye. Spoopy. Spoopy. And then you gotta go, spoopy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>